Welcome to another episode of the Fish Tank Podcast. I'm telling you, bro, it's been like what? A, it's over a decade. In fact, the last one we recorded, no, it's not over a decade, it's nine years ago. It was 2011, bro, nine years ago. And since then, there's been many people that have had podcasts now. I get people many, sending many me. People. Yeah, I get people sending me videos of podcast people all the time and I keep telling people we were the pioneers of this. We were the pioneer- we were on this before anyone was ever on this. Like, we were on this when people didn't even know what a podcast was. Right? Well, I didn't know what a podcast was. I know you didn't. I know you did. You were one of those people. But the thing is, you, <laughs> you, you threw yourself into it knowing yeah. that there was something good about it. I mean, and that, that was I mean, the thing. I still do. Exactly. And um, the other people were like a little bit more tentative in, in, inside the podcast. They, they would speak now and then. But you you always like, no, I, I get this. At the end of the day, it's similar to radio. And that's the only concept I try to sell all the time. It's like radio, whereas it's not live and we're in control of it. But, um, mm. but yeah, so it's, it's been nine years. Lots happened. I was going to save the catching up for when we get the, the other boys in, in the group to, to actually find them. So who were supposed to be with us today, I must say that. Um, yeah. Today's going to be a bit of a different episode because we're covering a very specific topic, which we all agreed on. And we all watched this documentary and we all said we were going to be here after 10 o'clock today to discuss it. However, I find myself here with just Mr. Shegg. So the, the originals, really. The originals, basically. The originals. The, the diehards of this podcast. And to be fair, it should have just carried on being that from nine years ago. But instead, for nine years, we've actually tried to get everyone around the table again to do the very podcast and try to get all the same people. And that's never worked out because since nine years ago, We've all got completely different lives now, you know. We've all got children now that weren't there before. Um, yeah, I think every single one of us now actually have all got yeah. children that weren't there before. And grandchildren as well. And grandchildren as well. So <laughs> a lot's changed. I, I moved out of South London as well. I'm now in Ibanean in North London. So um, it's, it's, it's been hard to get us all around the table, to be fair. But this is due to COVID. And the magic of Zoom, it kind of sp- spurred the idea for me to, um, well, we should be able to do this virtually. We don't have to all be in the same room. Because I was trying to push for how it used to be back in the day, which was all of us that running. We, we, we still got to do that. that oh, we still got to do that. One day we still got to do that. I have a feeling, though, it's going to be your... setting. It will be. I have a feeling, though, it'll be your house when that takes place, though. <laughs> Why? If it takes place again, I think it'll be at your house. And yeah. yeah. Do you know what? I know I'm going off the subjects a bit, bro. Yeah. I've, I've, I've decorated, bro. This COVID, not, not only has it brought this podcast together, it's also brought my decorating skills together, bro. <laughs> I, I, I'm a designer, you know. Proper, I'm an interior designer. <laughs> I'm not even joking. I love the way you say proper, bro. Like, within three months, <laughs> you've been able to do <laughs> what, what actual interior designers do. And you said proper. Like, you, you, and you weren't even joking when you said that. You, you're saying it as if right now you could go on ITV and go in else, someone else's house <laughs> with 60 minutes <laughs> and do a makeover. Easily. 
Easily just chuck that shit out, yeah. <laughs> Open the window, right out the window. I'll put my shit in there. No, seriously, bro. Mm. Yeah, so, see, you come to my, you've been to my yard, didn't you? Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Yeah, I'm looking forward to see. Yeah, you, 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 yeah. Well, I know yeah. last time I was there, yeah, I made some audible changes, that's for sure. I know, I know last time I was there, we had to, I, I was frustrated at just the way you were listening to your television. And I, and I tried you know to step in and make... <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> but you know what? Yeah. Because I had to do some decorating, so I, I had to, like... I still have to redo all of that. Yeah. To get it proper. Because... Okay. It, like before, it doesn't work. It works on certain channels. It don't work on certain channels. Okay. The speakers. But anyway... Well, that's the I'm good thing. It's a work in progress, bro. That is the good okay. thing about COVID. You're welcome. I mean, you guys are all welcome. One of the things I've worked on over the COVID break was actually my culinary skills. So, oh yeah, yeah. Since well, Mark, since it all kicked in, and I've been in the house more, I've been cooking a lot more. I've been cooking some amazing dishes, like because they didn't have Uber Eats so much, did they? Ah, you funny man, <laughs> you funny, funny man. Let me just tell you now, I could cook previous to COVID, but when I say now, using your words, proper. Right. Okay, okay. Seriously, even 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 my girlfriend has actually said I should actually go and come dine with me because I've got to the point where seriously I can go in the kitchen now, bro, and cook you a meal that you yeah. would actually be blown away. You'd say, "There's no way you cook this, Seb. There's no way you cook this." And I know, I know for a fact when you've come over, yeah, we've had the takeaway because sometimes when guests come over, it actually is easier just to order that. Mainly because I get carried away talking and I don't want to spend my time in the kitchen, but. If you came over again now and I'm cooking for you, I yeah. guarantee you, bruv, you're going to say, nah, 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 nah. Right. You, you didn't cook this. You didn't cook this. And not just cooking, presentation as well. Presentation. Like, I'm talking some, as you said in your words, proper, proper nosh, bruv. Like, this is, this is people saying, okay. I like it. I yeah. like it. I like it. So this is like fighting talk. I like it. Yeah, no, it's definitely changed. Definitely changed. I eat a lot more vegetables now. I'm definitely eating a lot more healthier. That's the good thing because that was the first thing was how do I? I wanted to incorporate more healthy meals. And one of the things that me and Tina like had a me and my girlfriend had a kind of motivation to do was to not cook anything that was from the freezer unless okay. it was already pre cooked and we put it in the freezer. But I mean, no more freezer food. So no more pizzas, no more, any, nothing that you can just chuck in. So for the last, since that day in March, yeah. the only thing I've cooked is from fresh. Every single thing, all vegetables, whether it be meats as well, yeah. seasoned yeah, but- from fresh. Started off with a couple of, start, no, started off with a couple of um, like paste sauces and whatever to try and get into it, like to do the curries and stuff. Bruv, now... I'm making my own sauces, bro, all day long. Like my, my curries are insane, bro. I don't think you understand, bro. My, my curries are insane. I was gonna phone the guy on the road. Have you ever heard him. the term? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Have you ever yeah, heard the term? Yeah. Good. Don't you can't oh no, don't teach a granny to suck eggs. Suck eggs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm not about, trying to... Um, make your own sauce. Of course you have to make your own curry I get that. But what I'm saying is what people get lazy. About? People get lazy. See, the thing is, the difference with me is I used to do it on West Indian food. So like West Indian food, I would cook that the way I want to cook it, right? And it would be how I only know how to cook it because I've seen my parents cook it and it's how I know how it's supposed to taste. Whereas I was always shying away from 
doing other people's food. So trying another, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't just attempt to do an Indian curry from scratch because uh, I just think, ah, oh, there's too yeah. much work involved. They ain't got, this ingredient. To show you to I ain't got that. that ingredient, blah, blah, blah. So I try and take some shortcuts, you know what I mean? Uh, Here and there. But now, not at all. Now I'm on another level. Now I go into the kitchen, bro, not even knowing what I'm going to cook. And I can just reach into the fridge and cook out some some MasterChef shit, bro. <laughs> I don't think you understand. <laughs> I don't think you understand what I'm on, bro. No, bro. You, you know, you're talking to a chef. I'm, I'm, I'm telling yeah. you, bro. I'm telling you. No, 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 I am a when chef, you come bro. over, you're going to be surprised, bro. That's all I'm going to say. You're going to be surprised. You're going to be bro. blown away. You're going to say, all right, Seb. Yeah, you, you've taken it to the next level. That's that's what I'm going to say. You know, you, you you all right, I've already said I'm an interior designer. Yeah, 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 qualified oh. now in three months, but yeah. <laughs> well, no, no, if you're already too decided, then, bro, then I'm a straight gourmet chef right now. That's what I'm trying to tell you, bro. <laughs> right, listen, as, as well as being an interior designer, I'm also a chef. Okay, yeah. okay. I'm, I'm a man of many, many talents, bro. No, I know I'm that. A, I know that. I'm a footballer. I'm a chef. I could even be a rugby player if I wanted to be. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Cricket, all the tennis. No, not tennis. I'm a bit short for tennis, but yeah, all them, yeah, I'm good at that. But tennis is one. You know what's cricket. funny about tennis? I could never. Right. I like the game. I love the game. Mm-hmm. I love watching people play tennis. Even mm-hmm. I know people hate watching people play tennis. I prefer table tennis. I don't know why, but I can't play actual tennis. Like there's something about. I don't know. Do I've know? never been able to get the hang of actual playing real tennis even though i've you know tried what? and i practiced it we even had tennis courts in our school as you know because you used to go to the same school but like just i don't know what it is it was mainly the serve as well like i'd either hit right. the let me tell you something hard. about the serve let me tell yeah. you something about i always the serve. hit too serve. hard the serve is is um <clears throat> is all about technique here yeah? and if if somebody doesn't show you how to serve properly yeah it's not something that you can just sort of pick up do you know what I mean? You've got to actually know how to serve. And it wasn't until I was about nearly 20 years old. Yeah. When somebody, and it was a sports coach, mm-hmm. showed me how to actually serve. Okay. And once you know in your mind the action and where the racket's meant to go mm-hmm. and where it's meant to go, like the, the head of the racket is mm-hmm. supposed to go down the back, middle of your back. You understand? Yeah, yeah. That's where you come from to do And then once you come from there, it kind of goes over naturally. But if nobody tells you that, and mm. you're just hitting it up like that, it's long, bro. You've got to be lucky. It, it, it's a very <laughs> technical game. Very no, technical. I can see that. And I'll tell and you who's good at that as well. If they taught kids how to do that at a little younger age, just taught every kid how to do that. Yeah, yeah. There'd be so many good kids at that. But, but it's the serve, it's the beginning of the game or the beginning of the point. Yeah. And if you keep fucking up the beginning of the point, you're not going to be interested in the rest of the game, are you? No. And that's 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 that was my problem from day one. That was literally my problem. I was always like, why can't I do this? Um and I'll tell you who's good at that as well, Leon. Leon's very good at tennis. He used to basically got to the point where he couldn't even play us. He had to play the teachers. Um at one point yeah. he was just smashing the teachers for fun. Um yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So again, another reason why he could have been in the forum today. But um, right, yeah, topic. Yeah, let's just um, introduce what we're going to talk about today. So, some of you may or may not know, there's a documentary on Netflix called um, Anelka, misunderstood. Um, And yeah, so my brother, who's also a member of the Fish Tank podcast, he hollered at all of us. 
on the, the old WhatsApp group and said, hey, you guys should check out this documentary. So I did. I watched it, took some notes and I thought, hey, this would be a good little documentary to um, possibly discuss with the boys and, you know, get everyone back on. We all like football. We all like talking about football. And um, I like film as well. So it was a double, a double knocker for me. So, but yeah, so um, interesting documentary. I mean, before we get into it, because we're going to get into it a little bit deeper, what's your initial take on the documentary in terms of, did you like it or did you dislike it? Okay, so... <clears throat> without going uh, too deep, because we're going to, we'll dive into it in a minute. Yeah, overall, yeah, it was, I enjoyed, I enjoyed the documentary yeah. overall. I thought it was, uh, but like, I enjoyed it because it made me think about things I hadn't thought about. Because because mm. I didn't actually know a lot of the stuff. I knew, but I didn't know, you know, mm. deep, you know, the deep, intricate details of what yeah. was going yeah. on. Yeah. But now, watching the video, I'm glad I watched it, put it that way. It wasn't a waste of time. Although, saying that, mm. I did make a note. Because at about 45 minutes, yeah, yeah. I, I was getting into the, ah, uh, should I watch this in two parts? Come back to it? Do you know what I mean? I, I was yeah, feeling yeah. that. But yeah. I thought, no, no, let me just get on with it. And then yeah. it picked up again. But around about the 45-minute mark, I did feel like, hmm, I might break. I might take a okay. break. Okay. It was, getting a bit, it was annoying me, mm. actually. It, it was annoying me. That's so. interesting because I, I kind of, again, I enjoyed the documentary initially. And I think the reason why I was enjoying it is because it's kind of an unexpected documentary. Like, he's not a player that, would immediately come to mind when you're thinking someone said, oh, they're going to make a documentary about a football player. And Elka's not even probably on my top 10 list of people that I would think that the industry wants to make a documentary about and put on Netflix today in 2020. So that's what initially kind of sparks my interest. You think, okay, well, what are they going to say? Then you see the title, title's misunderstood. So you're thinking, okay, yeah, I can, I can, see, I can see how he's a misunderstood kind of guy. Um, but like yourself, I kind of got to a point, though. Not that I was bored with it. Um, he was irritating me. He was... There were parts where I kind of thought, well, I don't really know what, what, what leg he had to stand on there. Yeah, like, what it, do you expect, bro? Yeah, what do you expect <laughs> in that situation if, that's, if that was your response to your boss um, or, or the establishment that you're in? Because that, that world is much bigger than one player, no matter who you are. Um, but also just a sense of um, kind of feeling like what was the direction of the documentary? Kind of, I'm trying to, like, if you've watched a lot of sports documentaries, mm. for example, there's one at the moment at, on J Michael Jordan, and that's over a few episodes. But what they do in that is they focus on Jordan's, like, last season with the Chicago Bulls. And during that, they'll then talk about his career. But the season that last season is is kind of the highlight of the whole the whole episodes of the documentary. You know, there's been documentaries on um, Pep when he managed Barcelona. I think there's one on on Amazon called um, uh, Past. What's the title called now? Hold past the ball. Um, Keep the ball past the ball. I think it's something something along those lines. On is, Amazon. Is it, do, do you know um, the thing about those ones? Yeah. Yeah, I can't watch them when they don't when they're subtitles, because this they, they 
They speak fast and the subtitle, I can't read it quick enough. You can't even catch what they say. I saying. can't read it quick enough. Why, who is this dude controlling how long the subtitles are at the bottom of the documentaries? Because the dude's a joker. Well, usually, bro, the subtitles are going to last for as long as that sentence lasts. They can't no, read the old no, subtitles bro. on if a new no, sentence no, no, is no. being said, bro. I'm glad you're going to get confused. If there's three lines, yeah? Yeah. I'll read the first two lines, bam, it comes on. And there's no one talking, there's no one talking, bro. So they could just leave it there. When they could just leave the subtitles hanging on the screen. Give us a chance, bro. Give us a chance to read it. That's what I say. That's I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. They lost my audience. They lost my, my audience. I can't do it. My point why is... is it then, why is it I can watch um, a film in subtitles and that's like two hours long? Yeah, that's different. Oh, yeah. The, pace, the pace is different in a film because in a film, actors learn how to talk in a way that stands titles. But these are not actors. They're real life. That's why it's a documentary. It's different. People don't talk how they talk in movies. Otherwise, it would be a weird world. In movies, actors are trained to talk slowly in a very specific way to deliver their lines so they have impact. Whereas, I talk, I, I, if I was in the movie, I'd be talking the same way, bro. No, if, you, if I was subtitling you right now, there's no way people could read every word you're saying because you'd be talking so quick. Look how fast I'm talking now compared to how I'd have to talk if I was an actor. Exactly. So that's the difference. When you're, when you're subtitling a documentary, usually what they'll try and do is do what they did in this documentary where they'll just dub it and they'll get other voice actors to do it. Because you can't repeat that text on the screen so long because people talk okay. yeah, especially okay. when you're talking okay. about a passion as well which is something like football you're, you're bound to talk quicker because you're passionate about the subject they, they should dub it, it. Not, yeah. not this one because it was dubbed but that Spanish one and there's like there's a few I've seen I thought no no yeah, yeah. No. but and no but the point I was going to make though the point I was going to make was even with the, the Pep Guardiola one there was the, the, the highlight is him joining Barca you know implementing the system um, trying to drive that system home to try and win a title. You know, it shows him taking over the club at a time where they weren't winning and, you know, they go on to win. Same way if you do the, if you did an Alex Ferguson one, it would be him joining Manchester United at a time when they needed change. He gets change. He brings in fresh players. They go on to win how many Premier League titles. I think what lacked in this documentary with Anelka was what I thought the direction was going to be. I... What? one specific thing or one impactful moment, it was almost like, because I thought, for example, you know what, let's get into it. Let's get into it, right? Because it's I, all about how not to conduct yourself when you're a professional footballer. But is it that, though? That's the thing. That's, <laughs> I, I, don't know, I don't even know if that is, is I don't even know if that yeah, is I'm what you're talking about. Joking. Bad, but but we'll, go, we'll go through it. We'll get into it, right? So, because one of the things I found interesting, actually, was his relationship with Thierry Henry. Obviously, I'm a big Thierry Henry fan. Um, massive, massive Thierry Henry fan. All right, all I, right. Skip all of that. I, I never know. About Arsenal, yeah. We're not yeah. talking about Arsenal. <laughs> you can't not talk about Arsenal. You've got to talk about Anelka, bro. He came to Arsenal. It's, it's got to be a what part. Mean? Of... That means that we got. No, no, no. We cannot talk about. It. He no, it's a part of our discussion. It's a part of our discussion, bro. He went everywhere, bro. So we we can't talk. He about did go everywhere, but he started. He started at Arsenal. That's where it all began. He started at Arsenal. Well, in this, on this, once he left home. That was the first place he went, right? He's, so he scored it at home, you know. Right, right. But this leads. But my point is, I didn't understand. I never knew just yeah. how close those two were. And in some ways, yeah. if we're talking about what we wanted the documentary to be about, what we thought the documentary was about, I'd actually like to have seen a documentary about them two, because I found every time they talked about their 
kind of history together or their parallel kind of paths. I found that far more interesting to listen to um, than some of the majority of stuff that was in this documentary. I thought their friendship was actually quite, quite, um, quite touching in a way, just in terms of, A, because I'm going to get into the stats as well between them two at some point, just to kind of look at the different trajectories, yeah. of, their, of, trajectories of their careers. Because yeah, I think those two were always going to be close, bro. Because they yeah, come from but what's interesting is just how different their careers were, and, and even in just even the amount of goals that Omri scored and went on, and the accolades that he achieved um, compared to Anelka. Even though him, him, he himself said Anelka was actually far more talented than he was, which was yeah, interesting. The thing is, you, you need more than talent to be a successful footballer. You do, and that's what you I see, think Omri proved. Listen, Omri had. And he even made a, a thing of it. We we had va va boom. Remember that? He did. And Nelka didn't have no va va boom. He was a miserable. <laughs> Look at his face. Come on, bro. He could, he, did he smile? No. Why not? Why? The guy, not? Had, the guy had issues, bro. He did have issues. He did have issues. But let's get into yeah. it. Right. Let's get into Far it. Let's get into it. Before before we get too carried away. Um. <laughs> so it starts <laughs> off. Starts off with him showing you. He's a family man. And again, I quite like that part of the documentary. I like the fact that they started with that because I thought at first, oh, okay, is this going to be like a behind a fly on the wall, behind the scenes documentary on Anelka's life? And then they kind of show you quite quickly, no, it, this isn't going to be that documentary. But I was actually ready for that documentary. At one point I was like, okay, this is going to be interesting. You're going to see these kids and stuff and you're going to see kind of like how he conducts himself now that he's out of football and then every now and then they'll kind of dip into um, dip into things that he's done for his career. But it's not really that documentary either. It's like it's almost like they tried to make five or six different documentaries in this documentary and then just slammed them all together. But it starts off with his family, and then they kind of flash back to showing you him and Thierry Henry um, kind of meeting each other for the first time at their training training ground um, yeah. in, in well, France. A significant thing there is Henri's older than him. Yeah, so Henri is older because he, he's what, what, 16 at that point? Um, yeah, he's a year older in fact, than he's him. 15, I think, at that point when they meet. Yeah, so Henri's a year older than him. He's like a year older than him. Yeah, so yeah. Like in the academy. But they immediately kind of bonded, didn't they? They kind of just kind of. They come from the same town. Became friends. They came from the same town. They're both black boys as well. Yeah. So, so there's immediate kind of bonding with each other as if to say, okay, this could be a thing. He gets to PSG when he's 16, so very young. So, again, there are moments in this, especially, like, some of his transfer fees, which I can't, I wasn't quite aware of, like, just, you know, he was the first to do, he was the first to do a lot of things, which I don't think he does get a credit for, for that. But at the same time, it's not about always just being first, it's about maintaining, you know, it's about kind of pushing that forward. But, yeah, so 16, he goes to PSG, and um, he leaves there before signing the contract. So he already decided at that point, within a year, because he wasn't getting played enough, that he wanted to go to Arsenal. So he leaves at 17 to go to Arsenal. Um, hold on, hold on, bro. You're going too fast, bro. That, was, that is literally how... Fast. That was the speed of yes, the documentary. But, but, but hold on a minute, right? Hold on yeah. a minute, yeah? You've got to remember, yeah? He was like... From from the academy, yeah, 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 he went straight into the senior team. Yeah, but did they show you anything of that, bro? 
No, Just, but listen, they showed him sitting on the bench. That's what I'm but, saying. But, but, he didn't no, but, but do listen, anything. what you've got to realise is yeah. that that is not normal. And that's another a very important word. No, normal. I know that. I said that. I said yeah. it, was a, it was a first. He's meant, to, he's meant to play in at least the reserves or meant to play for a... Do you know what I mean? They shot oh, you mean it's not normal that he's, not, that he's on the bench? Yeah. And not playing, not, not getting any airtime. It was not normal for him to actually be in that position, bro. Okay. But I think the way they were looking at it was you're you're still a kid. And although yeah, you've been drafted yeah, to the yeah, men's team, yeah, yeah. are you good enough to play for PSG? Right, right. So what happened in the last game of that season? In the last game of that season? Okay, he, when he, the last game of that season when he was playing for PSG, the senior team. Oh, yeah. What happened. Yeah, he, he comes on the scores, doesn't he? Comes on the scores, yeah. Yeah. And then he thinks that that's it. He thinks he's God after that. Yeah. Oh, someone's telling him that he's God. Well, do you not think that this is a complex that he has throughout his career in some respects? That's, that's something that kind of comes up. Like, because when he talks, don't get me wrong, the guy is talented, right? And the guy can play football. But so can a lot of people. And it's not like, it's not like for example, just by scoring that one goal, you've achieved everything. You've achieved something personally for yourself. Oh. But there's still always more to prove. Like, mm-hmm. you, sh- you should always get to that point. I always feel like he feels that it's job done. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, and it's it, just, it, I ain't even started yet. No, that's his first goal, yeah. and his first career goal, essentially, as, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a pro player. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. But he, sorry, was already, sorry. he was already ready to move to Arsenal straight after that. Yeah, but who's advising him? Who's telling him that? He's only, he's only 16. 17. Well, no, according to the documentary, that was one decision he made on his own. He wanted to do that. He was obviously scouted by Arsene Wenger and crew. Because that's what Wenger says, didn't they? They found, they saw him, they scouted him. Someone had a little word in his ear. Um, I don't think... But I also think... Yeah. I don't think it's ever... I don't think it's a good idea, or I don't think it was a good idea in his circumstance, for him Mm -hmm. to have two of his brothers, close, close siblings, as his agent and manager well this is funny because this is something that does come up in the documentary but i think we'll we, we'll cover that once we get to that point in the documentary where that becomes quite a big deal because i can't well i'm not as football headed as you are but the way he kind of explained it in the documentary i didn't see too much of a problem with that however mm-hmm. i can see how the media can spin that but I bet you there's probably a lot of footballers in the world that either have their fathers or their relatives yeah. that manage yeah. their career in some way or yeah. another. And we never even hear about it. Yeah, right? because they've but, done a good job. Yeah, but then some would argue they did a good job. Like he got to go to some of the best clubs in the world and get yeah. some of the yeah. highest transfer yeah. fees in the yeah. world. Yeah, yeah. but what, what's, what's all that if you don't learn nothing? When you go to a different club, you're meant to learn something from that club and you're meant to step up and you're meant to... Every club you go to until your career is done, you're meant to step up a level, yeah? And do you every think club, that, you, every club do, you play at, you're meant to learn something from that club. Do you think or, that was his that ambition, manager. though? Do you think that was yeah. his ambition in terms of being a footballer? Because I think that's what I think is the difference with this player right. as opposed you know to... What I've got on my notes. Yeah. I've got not a footballer. A question yeah. mark. This is what I'm saying. I don't, I don't <laughs> think... I don't think that that was part of his ambition. I look at it as like PSG scored a goal in the, in the professional club. Right, let's move on. He goes to Arsenal. 
right? He's at Arsenal 17 years old. He's about to leave Arsenal, bruv. <laughs> Literally, Wenger has to come on the TV and say, I went to the guy's hotel room. He didn't play most of the season, right? I go to the guy's hotel room. The guy's packing his bags, bro. He's packing his bags. You're playing. You're playing for one of the best clubs in the world. You've left one of the best clubs in the world to go to another best club in the world. You're packing your bags because you're not getting your own way. Wenger persuades him to stay. And almost like the act of God, Paul Merson gets injured in, in the same game, which allows Anelka to come on. And and what does he scores a goal, isn't it? He? he obviously scores two, got two, uh, scores two he, goals he in that match. Sets, he? Uh, no, he sets up. Oh yeah, he, he sets, sets up a winner or something like that. But he play, he gets man of the match yeah. for that, and he sets up the winner or something yeah. like that. And then he goes on to win the league and the FA Cup um, at 19 years old and scores in the final. With Arsenal. Yeah, with and Arsenal, he's, yeah. yeah. So yeah. within two years, he wins the league, yeah. the FA Cup with Arsenal, yeah. and. And he just got into the team. He yeah, just, and he just got into the team. He's still fresh. Yeah, he's still and what fresh. what did he do? What did he do? He decided he wants to leave. And this is what I'm saying. Like, this, is, yeah. this is the repeating This is what I'm saying, right? It feels he like... the decisions, right? Mm-hmm. If he had... Uh, any no, but the thing is, of... his, brothers, his brothers said they didn't want him to leave Arsenal. So that was where I kind of questioned whether the decisions are coming from them. Because this is one point, this is one key point. Right. So did they resign? They told him... To stay, Did they resign? no, but they're family. They're not going to resign. So what? And they're getting their fifteen percent. Why are they going to resign? They're getting Listen, their fifteen percent, if, if and he's going to go to the, one of the biggest working, clubs in the world. If you're working for someone and your job is to advise them, right? Yeah. It gets to a point that you're giving them advice and they're not listening to you. Then you just, what am I doing here, bro? But also, as family, they might turn around and say, "This is our advice." But yeah. at the end of the day, you're you're free to still do what you want, and we'll support you. That's the difference. Yeah, yeah, of course, we'll support having... you no matter what. Yeah, but that's the difference between family. If it, family wasn't, if it wasn't family, they wouldn't have had that. Also, do you know what I'm saying? Do you know what I'm saying? I'm trying yeah. to say that maybe a, a, a more experienced um, agent or whatever might have been able to but, communicate with him mm. and give him reasons, like the long term reasons why okay. he just so after, down the plate. After watching this documentary, do you think Anelka's going to sit there and listen to your reasons? <laughs> Does he look like someone that's going to listen to your reasons? Show me one point in this documentary where he actually did that. To any coach, the only person that really convinced him and the only person he spoke really highly of was Arsene Wenger. And that's one thing I noticed for this documentary. The one coach that he actually had respect for was Arsene Wenger. The rest of them, it was almost like any, any criticism, he was just like, right, I'm done. I'm done. Forget this guy. You know what I mean? Like, so anyway, let's carry on. So he leaves okay. Arsenal. He goes to Real Madrid. And Real Madrid, obviously, is, is a commercial nightmare in terms of... If you want to be like Anelka, silent <laughs> and out of the media, you don't go play for Real Madrid. <laughs> right, well, before, you, before we start on Madrid, yeah? Yeah. I just want to stress the point that when he left PSG yeah. to go to Arsenal, yeah, yeah, it was considered a slap in the face. Yes, to not only PSG but yes. the French FA. You're right. You we, have, we have to we have to make that point because actually this is this is this is a very right. important point because this is very this is important. actually the strand that continues throughout his whole entire career. Throughout his whole this, career, this insult is what essentially messes him up with the French club. They're don't, the don't forget, 
all of that, all of that food, all of that PSG food, all of that PSG trading, all of that, yeah, for two years as a youth, yeah, investment into him. Yeah. And then he just says, he's going to North London. To work for another French guy. Right. So, right. So that was the point I wanted to make. He slapped them all in the... They, they took it as a slap in the face. Of course they did. And, that's, and, and that, that was around the time yeah. when um, the, the Bosman ruling was just come out. Yeah. The players had power. Yeah. If, they, if they're in the contract, they're off. Yeah. And that's what he did. He was one of the first to, to do that. He was. And the thing is, that that one incident is really what followed him throughout his career. Because okay. anytime, yeah. every four years or every two years, when it came up to do the Euros and the World Cup, is where his life would go turmoil again. So every yeah. two years, essentially, yeah. he'd have to and face yeah, Euros. Own, yeah, he'd have to face this situation again. And he'd have to bring up this 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 turmoil again of how he's essentially a traitor, which is how the French, I think, saw him from day one, yeah. was that this guy is not to be trusted. Sorry, um, and that's essentially the picture they tried to paint of him yeah. from, from the age of 16, essentially. Yeah. So that's yeah. a very important point. And we should have mentioned that earlier. But... So, yeah. Okay, so he gets moved Madrid. Madrid. <laughs> and... <laughs> I first thought because I do remember I do remember him going to, to Madrid I, ne- I remember that as a kid and I remember thinking there was a lot of hoo-ha about his about his transfer fee I never knew right recently how high that fee actually was I never knew at the time that was the biggest transfer of all time like that's no I didn't know I didn't know that that, that was news to me when they said that on the documentary oh. I was like really okay um but he gets there. And the thing is, this is the part I don't understand. Again, it's like what you were just saying about being advised correctly. This is the job, right? You're going to go play for Madrid, Man United, um, Barcelona. Juventus. Juventus. Basically, your life is on camera. That is what they expect. They expect you to be a superstar. You're not just a footballer. It's not like England where you can just hide away in your mansion. Yeah, he's not a defender. No, no. You're the striker for Real Madrid. And the highest they've ever paid for a striker. The highest they've ever, ever, ever paid for a striker. You want to go there and not score goals. Are you stupid? Not even not score goals, but you don't even want to talk about not scoring goals. You don't want to talk to anyone. You don't want to have any media attention. You don't want to do that. So he decides he's going to just not talk to them. And then the one time he does talk to them, he's playing playing a computer game. And he scores on the computer <laughs> he game. Scored, and they make a comment about it in the newspaper, which I thought, to be honest, what did you expect? Like, I, I didn't even think that was harsh. I just thought no. that's that's what would happen. If I was a journalist and I was writing that and I saw him score on that and he hadn't scored all season, I know exactly what headline I'm going with in my newspaper the next day. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? This guy can score that last. Game, but can't score in real life. So, yeah. But to yeah. oust the whole entire club because of that one comment, I just thought was petty. And I yeah. think there's too many moments in this where I really thought, really? That's kind of shooting yourself in the foot. Like, that's yeah. cutting off your nose to spite your face when really, that's you know... Not being smart. Not being... It's being dumb. No. no. You know what? I've got my smarts, you know? No. But also, if you scored 30 goals that season, maybe, maybe you can kind of go on like that. You scored no goals this season. <laughs> like, you can't go Plus on like that. Just give arm and a leg. <laughs> <laughs> replaced a bloody legend and then you listen 
you know what? Do you know what? What I thought was really wait. Who did he take over from again at that point? Who was who was uh, there? I'm trying to we think were, who it was. Right, remember we were talking about. We we're talking about Real Madrid. Yeah, I'm trying to think right. who he took over from at that point. But either way, you know it was someone dope. The, the, they don't, don't, don't it had to be so, they don't have other people you research that and get back on that yeah yeah but did you see the part this is the part that I thought you fool yeah you idiot he gets to the Real Madrid dressing room and sits down first dude comes in and says get out that's my chair yeah next dude comes in wherever he says, says get moved that's my I sit there yeah 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 get moved. they keep and he said he waited for 20 of them right? yeah yeah so yeah, yeah. So what was he doing has he got no kind of people skills um, common sense by the time the third one has said that to me I'd be like ah okay so this is the initiation what do yeah. you want me to do a dance do you yeah, know yeah. what I mean yeah yeah. Talk, yeah 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 he must have just had that screw face on yeah and not even said nothing just got up Moved over there, sat down like a dummy. You're, 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 see, that is, you're, a, that is a, that is a, if you go to a new football club, yeah, that is an initiation. They, they will have a ritual like that. Okay. Maybe you have to, you have to start singing the song. They give you a song and you got to sing it in front of yeah. all the boys. See, this That's is. Your, if you go to Man City, <laughs> you got to sing. So you, you see, this, this is the whole part of team. football. This is the part of football that you know that I don't know. See, because these things do happen and go on. Yeah, I read into that. The same way you read into it, I thought when he when he first said that was initiation. That's just initiation process. See, I didn't think about. anything of it, and he obviously didn't see the joke. Failed. He failed, mate. Yeah. Failed. So from that moment on, they already had a, a problem with him because they're like, ah, oh, he, he can't take a lot. He can't take a joke. He, he doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't know what the uh, you know what, what what's going on here. Um, but yeah, or or. Maybe it weren't a joke. Maybe maybe they were just being complete arseholes. I don't know. I don't know. And maybe... Listen, but, listen there's only 11 players can play. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you see this footballers, they're mega competitive, bruv. Because if yeah, you yeah. don't play, if you play, I don't play. Or if I play, you don't play. Yeah. You might be mates, but you still want to play. Yeah, because that's true. if you true. don't play... You don't play, you end up not playing ever yeah, for that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's all competitive, and and also you get bonuses for playing, and that's true. Well, and plus, so also, if you've got endorsements and advertisement deals, you need to play. That's another. Don't thing. get me wrong. Some players, right? And I'm wondering if Anelka's in this category. Are good at football, mm-hmm. but they don't actually like football. So do you think that he's one of those kind of footballers? Because I, I, it did cross my mind a couple of times watching this, though. I think he, he doesn't like football unless he's scoring goals and he's the man. Well, because the only player he said that he looked up to was his brother. And that's what, I thought that was really weird. I've watched many football documentaries and the only player that Anelka said, and every football documentary I've ever watched, they go through a list of players that are dope, straight away. Yeah, huh? From different eras. Yeah, from so different eras. Like, how they, they watch this guy. Like even when out. they even when they join a club, they say who they liked at that club previously to before. Yeah. And that's what I noticed about this documentary. The only player that he said he liked was his brother, who okay. ended up playing for a division division team, three team. team or something. Yeah. So yeah. I'm not saying his brother's not a good footballer. I'm just saying that for me, from my perspective, as a as a, a not a football junkie, was odd because you're used to hearing a list of players that people go, you know, I think I've even watched Gary Lineker once just totally gushing over Maradona. 
You know what I mean? Just telling you how when he first met that Maradona, some crazy stuff that guy was doing or blah, blah. But also the fact that he said, you know, there's a statement he says in this documentary about how he doesn't think any player's better than him, which is weird because I've never really heard a footballer say that. I mean, you hear Ronaldo Uh, say that. You hear Ronaldo say that as a joke. No, no. What I'm saying is it almost said, I can understand someone saying that as in, I, I, I am the best. I've got to think like the best to be the best. I get that mentality. Yeah. But I don't yeah. think he's saying it in that same way. I genuinely think he thinks that he is the best footballer that ever lived. And I'm saying, yeah. when you watch other documentaries about other footballers, they kind of tell you who they bow down to, who they look up to, who, who they think, okay, that guy is ridiculous. You know, I mean, other than Ronaldo, but even Ronaldo, you kind of take it on the chin that oh, guy, the guy's just been a joker. But you know Ronaldo has watched a bunch of footballers and well, respects a bunch of footballers. I, I disagree with you there. Yeah. Because uh, um, I thought he was telling the truth. He was being so truthful. Because I can relate to that. Mm. If I go and play football, right, at this age, I don't care who's playing on the pitch. I know I'm the best player on that pitch. Mm. There might be a guy who has a better game than me that day. Yeah. Or in that half, he might score three goals and have a good game. But I know I'm a better footballer. You have to have that. If you don't, how can you play a game against somebody and then thinking that they're better than you? You can't win. No. I suppose I'm not talking about it in that sense. I, just, I got the sense from that statement that he meant that, not just on the pitch at the time, Oh, what, I, in the think, world ever. I think that's his mentality. I genuinely think the reason why he acts the way he I didn't acts, get it like that. I think, yeah. So what I took away from that one statement and then from continuing to watch the documentary was, I think that's how he feels in general. Like, instead of being humble like Messi, right? Mm-hmm. Who, in my eyes, is the best striker I've seen in the world. Like, in terms of just actually, come on now. This guy has got it all. He can do it all. You can bat up your whole entire team every single day, <laughs> every single day. And I'm yet to hear this guy in an interview or in a documentary ever say that he's the best, ever. I've never heard Messi ever say that in his life, right? Which is why I respect the guy a hell of a lot because he's so, so humble with it, yeah. right? But Anelka, I felt when he said that statement in this documentary and then continuing to watch the documentary, I felt like that's the reason why he acts the way he acts. It's because he doesn't just keep that mentality on the pitch for that game. That I can understand. That's what I'm saying. I understand when people say, I need to go on the court like I'm the best in the world so I can beat my competitor. And I can't, you know, believe that these people, if you're in any kind of race, any kind of sport, that's how you have to think. But when you step off that court or when you step off the pitch, you've got to be humble. And that's the part I don't think he is. I I think he takes that same mentality off the pitch which is why he can go on and do some of the things that he does in this documentary that we think is probably bananas, especially if you want to keep a job the next day. Like, mm. And especially if you want to stay at that club and be a legend, you know, which is ironic, which is what happens to him at Liverpool. Because in some ways, I do believe him when he says he, he, he actually probably would like to have stayed at Liverpool. And I think he could have, could have yeah. actually had a career at Liverpool. Yeah, but, 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 but no, 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 you can't, you can't do what his brothers tried to do, bruv. Yeah, we'll try and sell him on a DL. <laughs> they, try to, they try to, like, 
basically have their cake and eat more cake. <laughs> they, were holding, they were saying, no, no, we're not sure. We don't want to. Liverpool wanted him, yeah? Yeah. But they had uh, talks with other teams. Other teams, yeah. They were, yeah. Greedy. They were thinking about greed, bro. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If it's on the table, they want your decision. Yeah. Then, then what happened was what they was all doing over there fell through. Yeah. Then they came back to Liverpool. Julier told them to fuck off, mate. <laughs> get out. Get out. No, no, we don't want a contract. Get out. That's what happened, bro. That's what I'm talking about. If you had good management, that wouldn't have happened. No, no, I, I, I'm not even doubting that. I'm not even doubting that. I, I think you're, I think you're correct. But, with what you're saying? Yeah. Why did he leave Arsenal in the first place? No, but they didn't say get out. They didn't say no. He would want to go. No, in no. fact, Wenger sounded like he was, he was pretty. Um, he was pretty sad to see him go. And, you know, he could have... I mean, think about him and Henri playing side by side at Arsenal, bro. Like, it would have been insane, bro, at yeah. the end of the day. It would have been insane if they could have continued. I as well. Just slipping him a couple of slaps. I mean, because at that point, it already was the French team. I mean, you know what I mean? Wenger was secretly Evra. building... No, no, not Evra. Um, he was um, thingy, in it? And you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Wenger was secretly building, you know, the French team on the DL um, at Arsenal anyway. That was his, kind of his plan. Um, but anyway, before we, before we get carried away, let's get back to where we were. So he, he goes to Real Madrid. Stuff doesn't work out in Madrid. Rigid. He, end up, he ends up hiding away in his house for Getting a long, strike, you know. long you period of time. And he goes on strike <laughs> because of what the media said. Because, because of what? Basically, because they said that he scored a goal on FIFA. On the game, yeah. What it was, he scored against um, Atletico Madrid, yeah, yeah, on FIFA, <laughs> yeah, yeah, not, not on the right foot. The punt was because he hadn't scored in real life, yeah, which, which to me is understandable, bro. Like this is the thing. Like to me, it's I can see why that joke was was made, and like if you know how those teams run, it's it's um, I don't know. It just seems to me like. There was nothing really harm done there. He took it to heart. And I think he does admit, he does actually admit later on in the documentary that he messed up at Real Madrid. And because he does say something along the lines of he, he knows now, like yeah. he was too young for that moment, basically. Like, you know, yeah. I think he does truly regret doing that yeah. at Real Madrid because yeah. you're, playing, yeah. you're playing for the best club in the world at a time when it's way been before your time before you were even ready to get there, really, no matter how dope you think you are. Because realistically, he only scored, I mean, I'm not saying only, but he scored 18 goals at Arsenal, right? I mean, that's, that's a decent amount of goals. But like I said before, it's about replicating. You know what I mean? Like, I watched Thierry Henry do that every single season for over a decade. That's the difference. Like, so when he went to Barcelona after he left Arsenal, you're getting a seasoned veteran guaranteeing you victory. Do you know what I'm trying to say? There's a difference there. And when he got to Real Madrid, when Anelka went to Real Madrid, it wasn't the same thing. What they received was someone that weren't scoring and then goes and throws a, throws a strop. <laughs> that must have been an absolute nightmare. <laughs> you're just thinking, wait, what, 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 what do you mean you're not playing? Why, why are you not playing? Oh, because you said something about me in the newspaper. That's what we do here. Like, that's, that's how we sell these games. Um, so that was really weird. That was really weird. I forgot how to um, switch this camera yeah. view over. Hold on. Yeah, yeah. yeah carry yeah, on. That, the, real, the, the, yeah, the real Madrid episode was um, 
But the thing is, you say, oh, he was really young, right? Most footballers are young. But saying that, within three years of his life of being a professional football player, bro, he played now for the three, three big teams. I mean, he played that's for PSG, he, Arsenal, he, and Real Madrid within the space of three years. That's, that's, that's unheard of. You don't play for those three clubs in the space of three years. That's well, that's, that's, to me, that's worrying. Why do you think man's like Alex Ferguson didn't want to go near and touch him with a barge pole, mate? Oh, I get that. I get that. But in his mind, he's not looking at it as worrying. He's, he's looking at exactly how he said it. And I mean, the reason why I know that is because of what he actually says to that French manager that comes to scout him um, while he's playing at Manchester, Manchester City. Because he actually says that line. He's played for four of the biggest clubs in the world. And you have the nerve to ask me, um, you want to see what I'm like or whatever. Or you don't, I don't, he says, I don't really know you. And that line hurt him a hell of a lot because in his mind, he played for the four biggest clubs in Europe, period. That's the way he's yeah. looking at it. Yeah, but see, he didn't, he, didn't, he didn't join up the dots, did he? He didn't realise that, that that conversation of, I don't know you, from the French manager... That's coming from the French FA, bro. That's coming from when he slapped them in the face. Of course, yeah. of course. Wow. Okay. So what did they do to him? <laughs> 2002. They said, come... No, what did the manager do? The manager... Let's say the manager's got to pick a squad of 20, say. Mm. All right? To go away just before the World Cup. Mm. So instead of picking 20 like every other country in the world, did, mm. what did he do? He picked 26 players, Yeah. Yeah. Too many, knowing that he would have to cull six players. Yeah. Now, the French manager was smart. He took the extra six, right? And don't and Nicola and Elka, he was he was number one in that six, yeah, of players. Just in case, while they were training, someone got ill, someone got injured, do you know what I mean? A proper start, mm-hmm. that they could have some the players there ready that have been training with them, not not go and fly someone in. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be Team. So then on the last day when they had to do the selection, yeah? Yeah. The six players that were dropped, they, uh, they they put them in the manager's office and the manager went up to number one and gave them a reason as to why <laughs> dropping them. You know, our man the shoulder, sorry, but you know, ne- yeah, you yeah. know, yeah. So Anelka was, say, the fourth one in the line, mm. yeah? And they said, what did he say to him? He said to him, for you, it's normal. <laughs> right? Normal. It's the French accent, normal. And he just moved <laughs> to the next dude. dude. Yeah. Right? But you see Anelka, he's a dude that can hold in his uh, emotion. Not, no, you won't know what he's thinking. Like, mm. he, he doesn't express his emotions. He probably wanted to cry, right? Oh, definitely. He just, he just held it firm. Yeah. Now, when he was walking out of that camp, yeah, mm. that is the point, yeah, where if he wanted to have like a successful, I said it, if he wanted to have a successful international career, yeah, mm. after that, it's normal for you. That's when he, he starts looking for another country to play for, bro. Forget about France. If you want to play international, after that, if it was me and I wanted to play international football, I would yeah. be looking to, I would move and... How old, how old was he at that point? Could he do that? Was he over 21? 
Once you're over 21, you can't do that, though, can you? Was he over the age of 21 at that point? Or was he younger than 21? Because there, there's an international rule. You can't play for another international club over the age of 21, can you? Well, that, well... Uh, I think well, that's the rule. No, he could have been under... He must have been under 21, 2002. I don't know. I'd have to check that. Hold on, let me see if I ever put in my notes when he got told that. Um, so... Man's turn. Da-da-da. Hmm. Yeah, so 1998 World Cup is when he's told that. 1998. Oh, 1998, So, yeah, he probably was just under 21 at that point. Yeah, you might say to me, uh, that's a bit drastic, yeah? But other players have done that, bro. Mm. Other, other, like, um, Gonzalo, Higuain. Mm. You know he was French? Yeah, you yeah, yeah. Who's he yeah. Um, well, didn't oh, Bamian? I think Bamian started for a French club first, and then he went to go play for—is it Gabon? Who plays for internationally? Riyad Mahrez. Check that. Check, um, what's his name? Man City boy. He's French. Yeah. He's, he's fucked off the French. He plays for Algeria, bro. Mm. Yeah, that's another thing. That French team—they do like to grab the Africans, yeah, and call mm. them French. Yeah. yeah. World Cups and shit. Well, look at the World Cup they won. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of African players in that team, bro. That, that, was, like, that, that should have been the Senegalese team, bro. Yeah, that's why when people say Africa hasn't won the World Cup, I say go look at the French 98 club, bro, because trust exactly. me, that was pretty exactly. African. But, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I see your point. I see your point on that. So do you think then he could have just... That that was the that that's what he should have done after that moment when he was told that this is normal. He should have went and played for another international or, club, or, or he should have retired from international football. He should have tried to what? Uh, retired, bro. Oh, retired? No, that's yeah. too young. That's too young. He's still got ambitions of winning the World Cup, bro. International football. No, because as a player, surely you want to win the World Cup. That's a dream for every player, right? Yeah, no matter which you're country you're playing for, even if you're playing for Papua New Guinea, bro, that yeah. dream doesn't die. You still yeah. think one day you might be, you might be the best team in the world and win the World Cup. So, Listen, France would not allow him to be part of a, a French World World Cup winning team. Yeah. You don't reckon? If that, if 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 they didn't, if if he right, he was. So he you was, think the only reason why he got drafted later on is because they already knew that that team was going to fail in South Africa? Is that what you think? Then you think that team was doomed from the get go? But they thought, let's just dump it on an Alka. Yeah, basically. That's an interesting way of looking at it. I basically. never really, I never looked at it that way initially. Because but. come on, they kept on teasing him, the guy. They kept teasing him, mate, teasing him with this international football. Yeah. You know, and then when it did go, they blamed him. They did. They did. They definitely but, blamed but, him. But that manager was an arsehole. Oh, yeah. He, yeah. he didn't say that. And yeah. the manager didn't say that he said yeah, that. We, we, we'll come to that in a minute, though. We'll come to that. Let's stay on track. Let's stay on track. But we'll get to that in a second. So, um, So he does say, there was, there was a couple of quotes I remember him saying. So he said, one of the quotes he says is that with regard to his time with the Gunners, and Alka later said he believes he should never have left Arsenal. Um, he had great love for former boss at Highbury. Um, and apparently, which I didn't know, he's 29th in the club's compilation of the 50th greatest Gunners of all time. 
And in 90 appearances, he scored 28 goals. Now, I don't know if that makes you one of the top gunners of all time, bruv. Like, you've had 90 games and you've scored 28 goals and somehow you're 29th in the list of the greatest gunners of all time. I know some great gunners, bruv. And I don't know if... I mean, don't get me wrong, I can't list all 29, 28 people in front of him. But it just feels a little bit up there for me. It feels like he's a bit too close to... I feel like he should be in the top... 35 to 40. I don't know. I mean, he scored some nice goals, don't get me wrong, but his goal ratio, which we'll get to later for every club, wasn't massive. That's the thing. It wasn't massive, not especially by today's comparison and especially by Thierry Henry comparison. We're not, we're not talking about someone that was prolific in scoring an amazing ton of goals, you know. And if you watch all of his goals on YouTube, which I spent some time watching, there's, a nice, there's some nice goals in there. Don't get me wrong. But we're not looking at someone like, if I compare, if I was to take 20 Omri goals and compare them to 20 Nalka goals, even the finesse of an Omri goal is on another level. Do you know what I mean? Like the finish is on another level for me and what his intention is of scoring that goal. Because Omri got to the point where he was actually just scoring the type of goal he wants to score. It wasn't even a matter of just putting the ball in the net. He was doing it in a way that he'd almost, you could see it planned to put the ball in a net in a certain way. And that's when it starts getting nice. I don't really see that with Anelka. A lot of them were, he was banging them from quite, you know, he did some goals from outside the area. That looks sick. But I see a lot of players do that. You know what I mean? Like, I, don't, I don't know. I see, you see a lot of players scoring them kind of goals. Um, and I just don't know. When I, when I heard that stat, I was kind of surprised by that stat still. But, okay. Um, I, that, that stat, well... Um, 29th of all time, bruv. All time. What, striker? No, player. This is what I'm saying. This is, he's number 29 of all time players for Arsenal, bruv. I mean, he, he, in the top 50. Man's like Alan Smith. Was it not Alan Smith? Is it Alan Smith? Yeah. Your Arsenal striker. I'd rate him as an Arsenal player more than an I could I could that put the whole entire invincible team before 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 an Elka bruv and that's yeah. that's that's twenty two people right there. So yeah. the way I look at it, I could take that whole entire squad and place them in front of an Elka bruv. And that's twenty two players right there. So I don't even know how and that's not even including Ian Wright and them man. So I mean if you were to take Ian Wright's club, you know, squad and then look at Thierry Henry's squad Come on, you're trying to tell me you couldn't pick out 20 players from those two squads that are better than an Elka? I, I, I just, I beg to differ. But again, I'm not hating on the guy. Like I said, the guy did score some sick goals. But this is this was the kind of the point of this documentary was it leaned towards him being, I personally thought, greater than what he actually was. Um, and I'm still yet to find the part where he's been misunderstood. Um, that, which is the title of the documentary, because I said I kind of went into this thinking there's this big thing that I'm now going to be enlightened on, which is going to show me another side of, of, of Anelka. I didn't, did you think you learned anything different about Anelka from watching this? Or did you feel like you came away knowing who Anelka was? Because I said the only two parts I didn't really know was how close him and Henri were, which I'd like to have seen more of, and his family, which I didn't know about, because I suppose it's private. So the two parts I wanted to know more about was not what the documentary was about. I could have watched the whole entire hour and a half documentary about him and Thierry and growing up together and, and yeah. having, having some sort of friendly competition between the two. That I could listen to 
for an hour and a half. But that's not what the documentary was about. I, I did, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I thought that maybe the documentary was, I mean, the title of it gives it away. Um, misunderstood. So, you think that's what so the documentary is, though? You think the documentary itself is misunderstood? <laughs> no, what, what I'm saying is that, um, I don't know, who knows? Maybe he wants to um, move back to France and live there, maybe. Yeah. So you, you think this documentary helps right him? Now, you think this documentary yeah. helped him do that? Yes. <laughs> Why? Because, uh, he's like, remember when Beckham got sent off and he was they were hanging... Things oh, no. the, <laughs> that's what he's like if he goes to certain parts of France yeah he can't go and live there. what do you think he lives in Dubai he's not from Dubai his wife ain't from Dubai <laughs> but he lives in Dubai come on bro he wants to go back to the vineyards in southern France or whatever do you think this but is he's trying, trying, to, trying to worm his way back into, the, into France bro I'm sure if he wants yeah. to go live in France he could go live in France bro I'm pretty sure there's some places where he's still regarded as, as, as a legend there and yeah, yeah, in that same place, there'd be, there might be a nutter who just wants to murk someone famous. <laughs> you know what I mean? Jesus. He's getting old now. He can't run as fast as he could. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get, back, let's get back on track. Wait, let's get back on track for this. Um, so, 1998 World Cup, we've talked about that, how he didn't get into that squad. Yeah, he gets turned away. Eight months later, um, he does play for France in, in a match where he's the first player to ever score two goals against England at Wembley. So, again, it's this whole first thing. It's this whole first thing that I think messes with his head. And it's like the minute he does that first thing, mm-hmm. like he's the first player to do something, he, he stamps that down in his head as if it's completed. Yeah, move on to the next one. Yeah, this is what I'm saying. Like, and for him, that's like, right, I'm the first dude that's ever done that now. Is this, is this, um, are we talking about, what year are we talking? Is this a Euros? Funny thing. So this was straight up, this was, this was eight months after the World Cup, after he got told he's not in the World Cup. I think they must have had a friendly or something. Okay. And um, he scores two goals at Wembley. Because um, in 1999, uh, he leaves Arsenal. Um so, so we've covered him leaving Arsenal, sorry, but I'm just, going, covered, back. I'm just yeah. going back because this, is the, this okay. is the chronology of the actual documentary. So he's played for Arsenal while he was playing for Arsenal, before he got to Real Madrid. That's where the France 98 thing happened. He leaves Arsenal in 1999 and he goes to Real Madrid. Um, and then after he goes to Real Madrid, we've covered that. Um, he ends up playing in... <laughs> tell me if you... <laughs> When they first said this, because this is, this is when I first pulled out Google, <laughs> when they first said this statement, um, he gets called up to play for the Brazil, the Brazil Club World Cup in the year 2000. And he yeah. says he loved that because he ended up being joint top scorer with Romario. So I was like, wait, what? <laughs> so I pulled out Google straight away because in my brain, I didn't hear the word club. I heard <laughs> World Cup. And, I was, <laughs> and all I could think of is I'm pretty sure Ronaldo was badding up the World Cup around that time. So in my head, I was just like, I, don't, I can't understand how this is even a thing. So I was, I was trying to find this fact like crazy. I was on Google like crazy. Like, 
And all I could see is top world scorer for the World Cup around that time was um was Ronaldo. And then it was then I went I rewind the documentary and I heard him say Club World Cup. So I was like, oh okay, that's something completely different. Mm-hmm. But um but yeah, he ends up feeling pretty good about that. He does he does quite well in that. And then he returns to Real Madrid, and this is where um he scores in the next game and then his bench, which is what leads to crosswords with um the training ground and the manager and whatever. Um, and after weeks and weeks and weeks, he returns to, to Madrid football team and he says the players are against him. Um, but he didn't mind them being tough because he played in England, which I thought was a quite a, a fun statement to say. Um, which is, is that a true thing? You being a footballer, like is, is England just a lot more physicality? Is it just a lot tougher? in terms of dealing with that? Because obviously he was picking up yeah, a few knocks yeah, it's in more training. Physical. It's, more, it's more physical. It's yeah. More physical. So yeah, is, that, yeah. is that a globally known thing then? Is that just straight fact? That if you yeah, that's why, that's why there's the argument, yeah? Mm. That's why there's the argument. When it comes to Lionel Messi and Ronaldo, mm. some people say that Ronaldo is the better footballer, yeah? Because he's, he's done it in the premiership. Yeah, yeah. Let Messi come to the Premiership and do that and see what happens to his legs, bro. <laughs> come on. He, he, he won't, because he will stop doing it because every time he does it, he will get kicked. Taken out. Until his mind tells him, don't stop do that. that. <laughs> right, okay. You like your legs. I mean, I'm no. not going to agree with you on that. For me, it's still messy. I'm just saying. But, until yeah. he can, he ain't coming. He's, he's going to go from Barcelona, because Barcelona, yeah. You see the game against Bayern. You know what? I missed it the other day, though. I oh. saw the score. I saw the score. What was it? 7-2 seven, yeah. seven, or something? 8-2. Was it 8-2? Yeah. 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 That's hurtful. Yeah. We've had our own 8-2. It was worse than when Germany beat Brazil. Are you serious? Were, yeah, it was... It was disc- Do you know what as well? Messi... But I remember when Man United beat Arsenal 8-2. That hurt. That hurt like hell. Don't bring that up again, bro. This is being recorded. Don't bring no, that I up. No, I remember that. Though. That's why I say I can relate to that pain. Because when, when you said eight instead of seven, that's yeah. when it, it reminded me of that pain. So Right. Yeah. And, and during that game, right? Okay, so where does Messi usually play for Barcelona? Which kind of area? Well, just behind behind where you think the striker will be. When I'm talking where... Say that again. Behind where do you think the striker will be, but in front of the midfielders. He's kind of hovering around that area. Nine side, times out of ten. Which side? Left or right or in the middle? Left, do you know, where is he usually? Middle to right, I would say. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I would say he would start off at the right yeah. and he drifts into the middle, drifts yeah. out of the right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Have you seen that brother that Bayern Munich have got? Their left wing back. <laughs> Why? <Yeah>. Just... <laughs> this dude, yeah, he's about 19 years old, yeah? Yeah. Blacker than charcoal, yeah? <laughs> He's German. All right, 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 right. I don't know where they got him from, yeah? But that dude is dangerous. Messi <laughs> was playing on the other side of the pitch but all game. He didn't want to even go near him. He didn't want to even serious? go on his side. The he's guy, one minute he's in his box, the next minute he's banging in a goal from their box. He's so fast. <laughs> All you got to do is just kick the ball in that direction. He's on it, bro. You, that guy, you see Bayern, they're going to win the Champions League this season. I need to watch the highlights of that match, though. I do need to go back and watch the highlights. Anyway, sorry. We digress. Yeah, we digress. We digress. But, um, but yeah, looking back, he wished he continued playing for Real Madrid. Uh, too many sacrifices to be made. 
and he was too young to understand the sacrifices. So he made a point of saying that. So that's two clubs he kind of regrets leaving now. He said he regrets leaving Arsenal mainly because of the boss, but he also regrets Real Madrid because I suppose, I mean, where do you go from there? I mean, you're at the top. Like, you know, most people, most players spend their life trying to play for one of those two clubs. And it's like, you've got there way too quick. It can only go down from there, like people say, isn't it? You get your peak too soon. You're only going to go down from there. Or, or you've got to maintain that. Well, you've got to maintain it, which you couldn't, which you couldn't, you know? So, Do you know what? He didn't give himself a chance to, hmm. in my eyes. Because, I mean, on, on the football pitch, he didn't give himself a chance because he's, he's mentally fucked, bro. Hmm. And if you're mentally fucked, you can't function physically. No. No, it's true, it's true. And then he talks about his family, which I thought was quite nice. He, he has like a whole moment about... Uh, his parents not saying how much they love him and stuff growing up and how he feels like it's important to say you love you to your children and stuff like that, which I thought was quite nice. Again, they dipped into a part of the documentary where I was like, oh, I quite like this documentary. But then the moment you get used to it, we're off again. So 2000... Listen, if, if his parents, yeah? Yeah. you think that if his parents would have said, I love you, Maybe he would have smiled some more. <laughs> but he just not walked around with that screw face. Is that yeah. why he's got the screw That's, face? That, bro, that is probably the reason why he does it. I'm not even going to lie. Because not only that, that goes further than that in a sense of he probably feels he needs to feel loved everywhere he goes because of that. So when he feels an absence of love or he feels he's being critiqued, that's what pisses him off. And that's what makes him think, you know what? F this, I'm going to leave. Do you know what I mean? Whereas if he understood the dynamic of being unconditionally loved and at the same time being respected, but at the same time being able to be disciplined, because the reason why you can discipline your children is because you love them unconditionally, right? So they know that despite the fact you're angry with them today over something, that doesn't mean you don't love them. Whereas I think in Anelka's mind, the minute they cross him, the minute they say something about him, he feels that same feeling that he probably gets from his parents and thinks, oh, well, they don't love me. And he wants to bounce. But, so I don't know. I mean, there's something definitely there in his, in his mental that he obviously feels unloved. And when he feels unloved, he's ready to leave immediately. You know what I mean? And it's the same when you see, you see children like that, actually, that, that have had kind of different lives where they've never had a stable kind of home they can quickly just bounce to another home. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, oh, okay, I'll stay here for like six, eight months. And then when shit gets a bit rocky, they move on. They've they, they got a whole new group of friends in another part of England, not even just down the road. Like, they can move to like Blackpool one month and they'll be in Blackpool for nine months. Next thing you know, they've moved back to London. Next thing you know, they're down in Birmingham. And you think, where? Like, where's your stability? But that's kind of how Anelka rolls. It's almost like, I don't have a home. You know what I mean? Like I don't, I don't have a, a stability there. I don't have a sense of kind of like this is this is where home is or this is what love is. You know, and that's why I said the, the thing with him and Henri, I think, was the most touching part of the documentary for me because I felt like if he had a friend, that was his friend. You know, that was someone well, I, think, I, I. I don't know. I don't know. I think you're being a bit. You think I'm reading into it? You know, you, anything with Henri is going to be interesting to you, bro. Yeah, but you feel I'm reading into that too much. Yeah, of course you are, because there was only a few clips, bruv, but you seem to be 
like lingering on those <laughs> Henri moments. Bro. You need to watch a documentary about Thierry Henri. That bro. was the documentary I wanted, bro. I think that was the documentary I kind of. Once they introduced Henri and Henri was saying some some complimentary things about him, I think that was the documentary I actually wanted. Um, I mean, I, yeah. I was interested when I was hearing fellow professionals like when Patrick Vieira. Like, yeah. Did you hear what Patrick Vieira said? Yeah, good. Remind he me. He said like. Um, like ah, oh, when he when he came to um, Arsenal, mm. not Patrick. When um, Patrick was always already there, but he gave you proceedings. He was like, yeah. So when he came, because he, he was French and blah blah blah, he didn't have a car. He didn't have a. Oh license. yeah, that was it. Yeah, that was it. So he he didn't have a license. But you still got the feeling that even though he was picking the dude up, taking him <laughs> home. It was still hard work to get a conversation out of him kind of thing. He was like, yeah, he was all right. But beautiful, he would have been tight with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what your point yeah, is, though. But he was probably sitting there, just screwed, just not saying that. Just, not I think that. he's got a, either a personality disorder or he's got, definitely he's got, like, um, communication skill problem issues with communicating, um, you know, whether it's verbally, you know, or whatever. I but don't think it goes from his parents, and do you think that's why they covered that in the documentary? Him whole talking about the whole love issue. That's what I'm saying. Like, if you feel unloved and you've never felt that from your parents or anyone, you kind of have that shield up. That's what I'm saying because you feel like you don't want to let anyone in. Because if your parents can't say they love you, then then who loves you at the end of the day? You know what I mean? That's what it really comes down to. If your parents yeah, can't, the is, there's, there's many you. bad parents. There's many bad parents. And there's many people who have suffered at the hands of bad parents. And got on to be nice people. <laughs> many people have never been told that they're, they're loved by their parents. Yeah. They do not all have to be ending up like screw-faced people. Some of these people go on to be happy people with happy families. Bro. Yeah, but some of them don't. Some of them turn out to be like an to, They try not to fall down that same step. Yeah. yeah? So they, they do the opposite. They make their lives more not like that. But the but, difference with an Alka is, I get what you're saying is, those people that you've described use that energy to succeed in life in a different way. It's usually gradually, right? That's their drive. That's their their, their motivation. Whereas with an Alka, it almost happened too quickly. That's the thing. So he's almost like, well, I can leave the nest now because I, I don't need that. I, I can. I've already succeeded. He already reached that level, which usually most of the people that you're describing don't get to that level until their mid-20s, going into their 30s. He'd already succeeded at that. 15 years later, he was already ready to leave and come to the UK. I do remember something he said earlier in the video about um, when he was a youth, when he decided that he was going to be a footballer. Mm. And he said he decided, because he used to play with his older brother, And he saw that his older brother went to, this is the brother that he admired. His older brother was something like 13 and played for like a proper club for the first time. Yeah, yeah. yeah like you caught kit and all of that, proper organised club in the league when his brother was 13. And that's when he said that he knew and that's when he wanted to be a footballer. Yeah. Right? But he didn't just want to be a footballer. He wanted to be a superstar. And that's, that's his words. Yeah. He didn't want to just be a footballer, he wanted to be a superstar. True. So then I think at that, at that stage, I've got this bloody nuts. At that stage, I think he, his education and school 
Because they don't mention his school. No, nothing. Right? So I don't think he went to school, bruv. Because it's that school where you learn how to, to, to socialise with kids. And you, yeah. I don't think he went no, to but school, His mum worked at a school, so he must have went to school. His mum worked at a the school. They do talk why about they, that. Why, why, why did they show us a picture of him in playing football for his school team? Come on, bruv. He's Nicholas Anelka. Played for four of the greatest teams in the whole fucking world. And yet, he, he, there's no picture of him playing for any school team. No, but he did, he did just play school. across the road from the house, didn't he, on that little grass area? They did talk about That's, that. He did go to school, bro. I don't think he went to school or they would have documented it. He would have, they would have been a teacher. He's, 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 come on, bro. No, no, you got a good point there. You got a point there. They don't talk That's about his... That's why he ain't got no socials. They don't talk about his school at all. Um, not, not, not about his education or nothing, bro. No, you're right. You're right. There isn't any mention of that that I remember. But again, this is this is the problem I have with the documentary a little bit, a little bit later. Actually, I'll, I'll explain when I find certain aspects of missing information quite annoying. Um, but anyway, let's carry on. Let's carry on. So, uh, so Madrid. He goes on to score. Yeah, um, that's it. So. After his madness at Mil Madrid, he goes on to score in both legs of the semi-final, the Champions League, against Bayern Munich. Uh, makes it to the final against Valencia. He plays a part in the goal and helps them win their eighth Champions League title. So, now if you go by my strategy, which is, he's done it now, he yeah. can move on, it yeah. follows that pattern. Because yeah. immediately after winning that title, he's already ready to move the hell on. Right, so 2000 European Cup, Anelka plays his first major tournament for France. Him and Henri play up front together. Yeah. He finds himself not in shape, right? He's not physically ready. He plays most games, but not the final. Yes. Um, substitutes, which are fellow Arsenal players, Will Tord and Perez. <laughs> 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 Despite winning the European Cup final, He's not happy with his performance and would gladly remove the trophy from his list of accolades. And I thought that was quite a big thing to say. I don't think I've ever heard a player yeah, say yeah. that before, that you I would know, actually... You know why he said that? I prefer not to have even won that trophy. Like, that's you know why he said that? Do you know why he said that? Yeah. Because he's an immature, sulky baby. See, I, I thought he that. that. He said that because he didn't play in the final. Simple. Because that, that, I thought that was a very weird thing. Like I said, I'm not a sports junkie, but I thought to myself... How would you feel if you were his teammate? Sure, that's what I'm that. saying. Like, surely as a team. Surely as a team. And the fact that I played the rest of the season, fair enough, I didn't play the final, but the fact that I played the rest of the season, I'd be watching, still wishing my team on to win that trophy. And when you win that trophy, I'm still, I'm still going to feel like I contributed to us winning that trophy. I don't just go, ah, oh, you know what? I'd rather not have the trophy. Like, you know what I mean? Like doing Mourinho and just dash, dash, dash it into the audience straight after the match. Like, <laughs> I know even with Mourinho, I bet you any money, he's probably got another one actually in the ass, bro. Like, you know what I mean? That's part of the provado. But yeah. when he said that, that was, that was, I literally, my face was kind of like, what? You'd rather not have that accolade. That's, that's, yeah. that's, that's a big thing it's to say. And it's disrespectful to your teammates because at the end yeah. of the day, they still went on and won that without you there, which has to be hard because you're their striker. But yeah, I thought that was a weird thing, a really weird thing to say. So going back straight after that, 
Um, he leaves um, Real Madrid and heads back to PSG for 35 million. Yeah. Which is, again, the biggest fucking signing that France shocked. has ever had, bro. Now, was, was you not shocked. shocked about that, bro? Like, just the, I was shocked. Do you know what? I was shocked. I was thinking, Russell, what had the... What what have PSG got for him? Because don't forget, you had slapped them in the face, yeah. Exactly. He's gone back. Okay, let's see, let's see, let's see. Yeah. No, I was super shocked for going back there. And 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 does he go from 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 um, Madrid? Say that again. Where could he go when he left Madrid? Well, this is the thing. I think he's thinking behind that was I need to go home because I think at that point. Like you said, where could he go? It was like, I think he'd found himself kind of like, you know, a child that had been on a, a, a mad kind of lifestyle and the lifestyle just got shut down. At that moment, you want to go home, innit? You want to go home because he went to Madrid, he felt the high, but at the same time, the come down from that was just so big. It was so big. And I think he felt like, well... There was no, I don't think there was any, because they didn't say anything in the documentary about any options being open for him in England at that point or anywhere else. Whereas when he was about to go Arsenal, he was wanted by Lazio, he was wanted by Juve, he was wanted by a couple of other teams. Um, Whereas this time, they didn't even mention that. They just said he went straight home for 35 million. And yet again, it was the biggest transfer for France at the time. Um, but here's the jokes. This is where the car crash of the documentary for me is. Because at this point, I was like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm getting interested now. I want, I want to follow this guy's career. So, but they don't even talk about for a second what happened at PSG. They immediately... No, huh? did, they, did they send him on loan or something? This is what I'm saying. Because they didn't, that's it next thing. He's at Liverpool. Bro, but that doesn't happen until 2002. So he was at PSG for two years and not in the documentary, they don't even mention one thing he did there. Because I checked. This is what I'm saying. That was another part where I had to pause the documentary, get out Google and go, hold on a minute. How long was he at PSG for? So I even put on my notes. I thought that was poor filmmaking. The fact that they just went, oh, and then straight away he was unknown in Liverpool at 2002. So I was like, well, 2002. So let me get to my stats. Hold on a second. So I've got my stats here. So at that point at PSG... He was there for 39 appearances because he was there for two years and he scored 10 goals. They didn't even show a highlight of one of those goals, which I just thought was ridiculously weird. But that's, that's the first part in the documentary where I was kind of like, what is this documentary about? That was literally the first time I thought, okay, if you're not highlighting every club this dude's been to and you're not... Because to me, if you're talking about misunderstood then this surely is a point in the documentary you want to discuss because he's gone home for the first time out of the how many years since he's left, since the age of 16. He's returned home and you didn't even show one thing that happened. All they said was it was a poor a poor part of the... Um, after they, No, their exact words was, after a complicated year and a half, he signs for Liverpool. That was, that, that was all they said about that PSG moment. After a complicated year and a half, he signs for Liverpool. And that's where I had to pause the documentary, <laughs> look at Google and say, well, hold on a minute, what the hell happened in this year and a half? Couldn't really find anything out though. But he obviously didn't want to talk about it. 
Um, and they didn't want to show any of the goals from it, which I just thought was really weird. I mean, he must have had at least one story to tell, one antidote to say he got there and this was the vibe or this is why he got loaned out to Liverpool. Or... Well, he, he didn't talk about it. I don't think it was a good part of his... I don't think it was a good part of his career. Or, no, it couldn't or... have been. But, dude, he was there for 39 games. I mean, I mean, not well, even I'm there for 39 games. to be but... a good part of his career after what he did to them. But then, that's the, but then, from the title of the documentary, surely that's the part you want to talk about. And that's what I'm saying. In my mind, I'm thinking, okay, here's the juicy bit then. But no, that's what I said. Like, the title of the documentary is misleading because they're making me constantly think that we're going to get to some big thing that happens where he was truly misunderstood. And even when we get later on in the documentary, when he does the, no, the hand... No, we're talking about later on. Do you know it's like midnight now, bro? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah? Right. So I don't know how later on you, you're going to go, bro. <laughs> we started at 10. We didn't start at 10. at 10, yeah? We started at 10, but we didn't kick off until <laughs> half past. <laughs> right, yeah. You right, we'll, do half, we'll do half an hour more. We'll do yeah, half an hour more. And we'll try and cover what we can. I've still got another break. Because I'm sick, yeah, I need to have a bro, I can't even smoke <laughs> You're it. sick, dude, bro. What? <laughs> so, let's get back on track. So, where was he? So, all right, so, he's on loan at Liverpool now. 2001. Plays 10 games, scores four goals. And then they tell him they're not going to renew his contract. And uh, Gerard Julio decides that. He didn't like his brothers trying to sell him to other players, other teams, while he was at Liverpool. Despite Anelka saying many times, apparently, that he wanted to stay at Liverpool. What's your opinions on that? I've touched on this earlier. Um, I think that they were trying to do a, obviously looking out for their brother, trying to get the best, best possible financial deal. But I don't think they were thinking of the best deal for a player. Sometimes the best deal for a player isn't more money. Mm. Yeah? Because as I said before, every time you go to a club as a professional footballer, you're there, you're, it's a job. You're, it's a trade. Mm. You're, you're learning a trade. You, you don't just play for a club and like, you, you mastered your trade. No. That's why they transfer to better clubs with better players surrounding them so they can learn from... Mm those players, learn from those different coaches and stuff. But Anelka, his career weren't about learning anything because he was already the big I am. You know what I mean? As far as he's concerned, he ain't got nothing to learn. Yeah, no, I hear that. He does make a point in this point and saying like that was that was a moment for him where he felt like... Um, and I thought, was it really a moment for him where he felt like he could have done really well or... Was it just the fact that they just immediately rejected him, which made him feel like, him. yeah, like, ouch. Like, in his head, he felt like, oh, I could have been great there, but he never even got the opportunity to be great yes. there. And it's yeah. like, they didn't even care. They were like, Anelka who? Like, yeah. don't come here acting like you could be playing other elsewhere. If you want to play elsewhere, then jog on. Yeah, which was kind good. of situation. Because players can disrupt whole teams. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So a year later... At the time, that yeah. Liverpool team was quite a young team. Yeah, so, yeah. And a player like that of his stature could, could, could divide the team mm. and, and 
the, at the end of the day, it would show on a Saturday afternoon when they're getting beat because mm. there's you know these different things mm. going on outside of the game. So mm. maybe it was a good idea for Hude because Hude was quite successful for Liverpool. So maybe it was a good move for them not to have an Elka because who knows what would have happened or how long he would have stayed there. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Despite the fact in the documentary he does say he thinks he would have stayed there for a while. And yeah, that's because they rejected him, bruv. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Simple. Come on. That's human nature. No, you know, he's, he's got, you know what? Well, I've got in big capital letters E-G-O. Man's ego is <laughs> But you know what, right? Underlying all of this, right, there's one yeah. question that I ask myself. Yeah. Would the brother, and I say brother. An Elka's got, brother. Oh, you mean as in an Elka, yeah. As a brother. Would he have got all of this stick if he had blonde hair and blue eyes, bruv? Do you reckon? I, I don't know. I mean... I don't, but who's framing this? He's framing this. No one, no one, no one's going, I mean, for producers to approach Anelka to say they're going to make a documentary called Misunderstood and, and frame it in this way, he's framing this. Because, I mean, you could easily do the same documentary on David Beckham. I mean, David Beckham had similar problems when he went to Real Madrid. He had similar problems when, when he'd done what he'd done in the England World Cup. He's, he's been through, he's been through more hatred, I would say, than Anelka at that in particular time like you said they were burning effigies of David Beckham off a lamppost bro and that's England like that's his own that's his own country I don't see anyone burning effigies of an Alka in France bro they might have hated him in the media but I've seen David Beckham went through similar type things David Beckham got a boot in his head bro that we all know came from Alex Ferguson like and he had to hold that. No, that that's, 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 that's happened before to other players, but we just don't know about it. Yeah, right? he had to hold it and not say anything. Yeah. So what I'm saying is, he's Anelka's the one that's framing this in the way that we're we're picking up this picture. We're we're getting this information from Anelka. Uh, okay, what I'm trying to say yeah. is like when I say, I would he have got the same treatment if he was a white dude? Yeah, mm. I don't think he would have thrown. I don't think that the um, French FA would have held all this against him for so long. Bro. I think that's a separate issue. The French part and the FA part, I think you have to separate the club situation from the international situation. Yeah, and also, and also, and also with the different clubs he went to. Yeah, yeah? no, but I think the different clubs he I went think... to, part of that was his personality. I, I think the thing that happened in France and him yeah. leaving PSG so soon and them not wanting to and him just doing that, that created tension from the get-go. But I don't... I, I... I don't think necessarily because he could have stayed at any one of these clubs, bro. Any one of these clubs, you name. He could have stayed at Arsenal if he wanted to. He could have stayed at Real Madrid longer if he wanted to. He, it, the only one he couldn't stay at that he wanted to was Liverpool so far. But all the other clubs, he had no reason to leave. He had no reason to leave. Like, he could have stayed there if he wanted to. He could have just absorbed the pressure and carried on doing it. The thing is, there is added yeah, pressure I've seen, I've on seen the media. I've seen, I've seen how the media, right? Yeah loves to vilify a black dude who's successful, bro. Oh, definitely. But so, I also think in football, I think in football, football goes both, both ways. I definitely think... Dude, he wouldn't have got all this stick, bro. He would have just been known as the quiet, quirky dude. Do you know what I mean? I'm trying to he, think of another... Like, they called his, his brothers in that a clan. See, yeah. that's the part I didn't agree with. The whole... That's what I said to you earlier. You, I've seen other 
um, white players have family members that are running their affairs, and it's not seen as a clan or any any kind of thing or whatever, or a gang or you so know something. I can definitely see that point, but in terms of just kind of the normal hatred that he's received from the media, I don't think that's special to him being a black person. I really don't, which is what I was expecting from the documentary. This is what I'm trying to say. I went into this documentary thinking that's what this documentary was going to be, but nine times out of ten, I felt like these problems could have been squashed early or they're not even big issues. I think he threw his dummy out of the pram quite hard. This is what like, this is what I'm saying. Like, you know what I mean? You think, like, Thierry Henry hasn't been... I mean, they even cover that later on in the documentary when they talk about the whole hand of frog business and how he was vilified. But the way he dealt with that situation and turned... Because you've got to deal... With these types of situations, you still have to turn them to your advantage. And I don't think Anelka's good at doing that. He throws his dummy out of the pram and then locks off that communication and locks off that relationship. Whereas Thierry Henry, who's had pressure from Arsenal, I mean, look when Thierry was about to go Barcelona. Those last three seasons for him were hell, brother, Arsenal, because that's mm. the only question he'd ever get asked, is, are you going Barca? Are you going Barca? You're definitely going mm. Barca. The amount of pressure that was on Thierry Henry to score goals continuously, and in the same way that he'd had done, was immense at that time. You know what I mean? But at the same time, he had to hold his composure, choose the right time, go to Barcelona, win the Champions League they wanted to win. Do you know what I mean? And still be able to come back to England anytime and do commentary and still get praised as being one of the best. Anelka doesn't get yeah. that praise. Yeah, Anelka this, doesn't get that praise. Uh, you know what I mean? Look at even Ian Wright, bro. They hated Ian Wright. They hated Ian Wright. But Ian Wright now, they have, they have to give the guy his dues, bro. Because of your personality. If you think That's Ian Wright went around going on with a screw face all day, you think you'd even know him. No, but there were certain things they used to say in the media back about Ian Wright back in the day, but now nah, he's had, they've had to give the guy his dues. You have to, yeah. because you've got to you know what turn like situations it. around to your advantage. And I think Anelka has never been taught that. Yeah. And what Ian, Wright did, what Ian Wright did was prepared to lose some battles. To win the war, absolutely. Walker, he ain't prepared to lose no battle, no, no, and expect to win the war. Yeah, you understand what I'm saying? I think that's the right thing. But I mean, I'm not, I'm not disputing that certain black players have not had it harder in the media. Definitely not. I won't dispute that. But I would say, just in terms of my lifetime and watching footballers in general, I think it's been white, black, it's been Spanish, it's been everything. Man, I've seen right. some. Players, Let me tell you something. Let me I've tell you some players. Yeah. Some players Let get me it. Tell you yeah. Football. If you're, if you're, if you, if you're, if you're uh, a footballer, right? In in this country, yeah, it's not about your your ability, bruv. It's mm. not all about your ability, bruv. Yeah, mm. race comes into it, bruv, a lot. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Don't forget, these footballers don't grow on trees. No. Yeah? They have to be nurtured. They have to be given opportunities. Yeah. Mm. Unless you're a super fast black dude or super strong or super technical at a certain thing in football, yeah, you ain't even getting there. That's you a just... different subject, though. So what you're asking me there is, can you be an average white dude and still succeed in football as opposed to... Of course to... you can. Yeah. Yeah, that's a completely different subject what we're talking about here. Yeah, and no, I was totally if, if you're asking me, did his problems come from the fact that he's being black from watching this documentary? I, oh, I no, 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 I wouldn't agree. No, no, I would definitely say no because no. I think I think I've seen other players that are of are, are, are any race. I mean, look at look at Ronaldo when he did the wink. I mean, pff, 
they wanted to literally murder that dude, bro. Like, he couldn't have been the worst dude on the planet, even though he was playing for Man United at the time and scoring as many goals as he could. That one wink, <laughs> that was it. As far as they're concerned, he could have been Hitler. They literally wanted to frame him like Hitler. That, you know what I mean? They wanted to call him every name on the stand, traitor this, traitor that, he meant this. Bro, all he did was what any other footballer would do at the end of the day. He was like, yeah, we got that one. So what? How many times have I seen that on a pitch every Saturday? How many times have I watched football and seen another player do that? How many times have I seen a player immediately get another player sent off? A billion times. Have I ever seen that reaction to it? No. But at the end of the day, that was the biggest reaction in the world. That was was a Euro competition. Yeah, I remember it. That was England against Portugal. Exactly. And they didn't like it because they weren't playing for them at the time. If he did that for Man United, brother, against Arsenal, do you think there would have been any reaction about that? Those those times, yeah, you've got a lot of people watching football that don't usually watch football. Supporting England, yeah, because they're in this championship. Yeah. And they're playing against Portugal and they're star playing that. Right, so... When they're reporting on that wink, yeah, that that reporting is for those people, I feel, I felt, it wasn't for me, it was for people who don't watch football regularly, but that but tuned into the Euros, casual those people. fans. Because casual people yeah. like me, people like you, we see that, and we what we say, what's, what do you say, shut up commentator, you're talking about, or whatever we're saying, mm. we're not taking it in, but there's certain people who are not football fans, don't watch football regularly, mm. will hear that and think, oh, oh, and then they just jump on the bandwagon, and they just make it into like a media thing, and blow, mm. because what else are they going to say? England lost, England are out, do they want to depress the whole country? No. So they'll, 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 they'll focus on Beckham, <laughs> And they'll focus on Ronaldo, yeah? They won't focus on England losing and then the whole country is all grey again. No, no, no. No one wants to go work the next day. But no, I think to, to, without labouring this point, I, I, I think, I think his problems didn't stem from the fact that um, he was just being a black dude. I think his problems stemmed from My, 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 my to that would be that it didn't help. No, it probably didn't help. And I think yeah, they probably yeah, felt threatened. I know that. As a black man, they, I know that. Mine I can see him playing the whole, he's threatening card business and all that nonsense. Definitely. But also, you've got to be smarter, bro. This is the thing. You've got to be smart. Because we know this, yeah, what you're saying now, because black people and black men know this, you have to be smarter. And you yeah, have to you, understand. You've never been to Spain, bro. You know what I mean? He ain't got no tact in that. In that have list. you been to Spain? Say again. Have you ever been to Spain? No, bro. No, no, no. Bro, I've been there on holiday too many times. Like, <laughs> the amount of times I've been there and said, I'm never coming to this place again. They hate well, black That's why I don't go. I've never heard a black they person say they've had a great time there. Here, yeah? <laughs> so for you to even be black and play for that team, ah! And they're telling you, get up. Of course yeah. they're going to tell you to get up. You know? <laughs> No, I've got no intentions of going out here right now. Yeah, I'm not going there again. Yeah. No, I've, I've heard the same and, and thing. The black people that live there, the way they treat them, it's like there's no black people out there who are, like, living well. <laughs> unless they're a tourist. Right? And you're going to tell... Unless you're a tourist or you play for Real Madrid. Yeah. Well, I don't see it. when I've, been, I've never heard of it. Well, he was a black man playing for Real Madrid and he hated it. So, there you go. 
Yeah, there might be some proof in the pudding there. I'm telling you, there's there's a lot of proof in there. Yeah, yeah. he might not want to say it, but he got it. He got. He got but like it. I said, like I said, it's it's one of situations where you know what you're getting yourself into. You have yeah, to so be educated enough to go. You know, can I deal with this? What am I going to do when I get there? What can I, what am I going to do when this happens? You know, he didn't do any of that, bro. The minute it got hard, he chucked his dummy out of the pram, bro. And that's yeah. it. Decided I'm not playing. I'm not going to do the thing that I came here to do, which is play football. Yeah. You know what I mean? He went on strike as a player. Now, from what I've seen in sport, when black people are under pressure, striking is not always the thing to do. What you want to do is succeed and throw your fist up, bro. You know what I mean? Or, yeah. or if you're going to protest, protest in a way where the world knows. He didn't do that. He went in his house and hid away. There's yeah. a difference. You know what I mean? If you're going to protest, get down on one knee and do it on the football pitch and, and decide you're not playing there. Do what Hamilton's doing, bro, where you make the whole entire team get down on one knee and then still smash the race, bro. Like, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. this is what I'm trying to say. His yeah. protest is not the same protest. Well, no, no, because the protest soul. was not even the protest. It wasn't a protest. What was he protesting about? Yeah. I don't know what his argument is. Do you know what it was? He could, he didn't he didn't perform. He wasn't performing, yeah. Hmm. So if you're not performing, that is not the time to protest. This is why I said earlier. This is why I said earlier. You, 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 you do your job so that no one can tell you nothing about your job because that's what they're paying you for. This is what I said earlier. Yeah. No got... one can tell me nothing about my job because that's no one can tell me I ain't doing my job. You yeah. understand? That's what he needed to do because you ain't got no power. You ain't got no mouth. And if he's got if 30 you're... goals behind him, then people are going to listen. He didn't have 30 yeah. goals behind him. He had no goals. He had no yeah. goals at that point. They're, they're just going to laugh at him. He's going on strike because he can't score. That was the that was the basic yeah. line. Salt. He's salt. And, like, and, and he's full of insecurities, that dude. All right, so moving on. He gets dumped by Liverpool and signs with City 2002. Um, 89 appearances and scores 37 goals. So this is actually probably the team that he scored the better average with, in, 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 in all fairness. He's, he had a much better average there than he has at their previous club. So 89 appearances, 37 goals. Um, uh, and this is where the manager... Jacques Santini comes to watch him and decides that he doesn't know who he is. Um, yeah. Which deeply offended Danilka because at that point he felt like, well, I played for Arsenal, Madrid, Liverpool and City and PSG and you yeah. don't know who I am. Yes. Yeah. Now, when I heard that, yeah, mm-hmm. I read a note. And let me read my note. It says, yeah, 2002 and his reaction to that uh, I'm here because um, I don't know you yeah I thought that Nelka showed no manners at all yeah no manners whatsoever yeah and also maybe a bit of self-doubt in his own ability Mm -hmm. right because for one the guy has come from another country to meet with you about about talking about you representing the country, which is something that you should want to be doing. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he's he's opened it up with um, this, I'm here. What did he expect him to say? 
Mm-hmm. What did Anelka expect? What would have been good enough for, 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 for him to have said to Anelka? Did he want him to say, uh, Nicholas, please come back and play for us and save us? Because I don't think there's nothing wrong in him saying, oh, I'm here because I don't know you. Has he ever played for that manager before? No. Maybe he would. It's not a thing. I don't think it's a thing he should have taken uh, insult over. Did you think to ego then, like you were saying before then? His yeah, ego is just so big. Why didn't, he, okay, why didn't he just listen to what the dude had to say? Because at this point, this is my point, right? At this point, yeah, if you were to add up, let's have a look, just quickly looking at his stats, right? He scored. So up, up until this point, he's playing for Man City right now. So he's, he's played for PSG. He scored one goal. Arsenal, 23 goals. Real Madrid, two goals. PSG again, 10 goals. Liverpool, four goals. And now he's playing at City. So it's not like he's prolific. This is what I'm trying to say. This is not a striker that you're like, this guy is banging in the most amount of goals because he's not. He's not even doing that at all these clubs. He's getting massive transfer fees, admittedly, to two of those clubs, biggest in the world ever, which is what might have gone to his head. But in terms of did he perform and demonstrate that he is that striker that you absolutely need to have in your club up until that point, no. If anything, that's what I said, at City, this is where he scored the most goals. In the three years that he was City, he scored 37 goals. That's the most goals he scored for any club at that point. Well, that's, listen, and that no, took him three years prolific. to do. That's not prolific, bro. No, that took that's him three years. 10 goals a season, bro. That's just that's what like I'm trying to say. Goals, 12, 12, 12. 12.3 goals a season. You <laughs> have players now that can score one in two every single season, you got, bro. You've got, you got, you got defenders scoring 10 goals a season nowadays. You know what it's, I mean? Yeah, Listen, when I first heard of this Anelka, I had to actually think, is it Nicholas Anelka, this? Is this about Nicholas Anelka? Is there another Anelka out there? That's misunderstood. <laughs> because I thought to myself, Nelka has never, ever, and I know follow football all my life. Yeah. And there has been no point where Anelka has been one of the best footballers in the world. Like, <laughs> Has he ever won? What's that? The Ballon d'Or? The, 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 uh... They didn't mention that, so I don't think so. Of course not. But this is the thing. This is where I started to question what is this documentary about, especially at this point, because at this point in the documentary is where they jump ahead 11 years. 11 years. They jump forward in time to where, um, in this time now, he's actually played for... Fenerbahce in Turkey. Yeah. yeah. Played for Bolton Wanderers. Yeah. Two years. He's yeah. played for Chelsea. Chelsea. Four years. Yeah. Played for Shanghai. Um. So yeah, and he was at even um, loaned out some time that year to Juventus as well, where he made two appearances. Um, and then he finds himself back in West Bromwich Albion. <laughs> where he's managed by Steve Clark. So now I'm thinking, oh, okay, so this is the point of the documentary then. This hand gesture. This is what I'm thinking because why would you jump forward? 11, you've, gone, you've been going in chronological order. 
quite methodically through this guy's career. And then all of a sudden you decide, we're not going to talk about what happened at PSG. We're going to mention that he was at Liverpool for a little bit. Then he went to Man City. And then you jump forward 11 years, missing out <laughs> all those clubs. Admittedly, they do go back and cover some of it later on in the documentary. But at this point, it was where my head was kind of like, wait, what? Why, why are we, why are we going like, straight this, here? This is prime years, you know. As a footballer, these are yeah. really prime years. And the thing is, so I'm thinking, okay, this is going to be major then. So they're going to talk about the hand gesture thing. Um, but they don't even really get into it massively. They mention it. They talk about it. He basically says he didn't think it was anti-Semitic. They say that he did. He got a five-match ban. And they moved on. Like, that was that was it. So you're thinking, okay... What is this documentary about? Like, who is this? Who is this for? Who is this for? I'm thinking, right? If I showed this to Chai tomorrow, my son, he's 12 years old, right? What am I showing him in this documentary? I don't understand. Like, what is? What does Chiros get out of this at 12 years old? When I remember watching at 12 years old a documentary about Maradona that my dad had kicking around on VHS, one of those ones you just find in the petrol station in the bin basket, right? I probably got more out of that. <laughs> right, or or a documentary on Pele's career, right? That you find at a petrol station, knocking around the bin basket, right? I got more out of those documentaries and inspired me, or understood something about the player and what they went through. Because you mean, look at all the controversy and adversity those guys had to get through to be who they were to play for their country and play for their clubs, right? What am I getting out of this documentary? Who's this for? Who's the target audience? What is this? What is this film? trying to explain to me. I don't understand. Because if you're not going to cover this section in depth or go over it in some sort of way, it doesn't make sense. I think the only part they really, really... I think they wanted to make a documentary more about his um, trials and tribulation with the French international team. But at some point, felt the need to dilute that with all the club stuff. But there wasn't much there for them to talk about other than he pissed some people off and then decided to leave. I think, like I said, if this whole documentary was about that French thing, I think I would have been interested in that. I could have watched the whole documentary where they talked about that whole French thing and his whole turmoil of international football with the French league. And if they really drilled down into what the media was saying and how they manipulated that and how they made him this villainous character in France, that's a documentary I can watch. But they didn't make that documentary. They touched on that documentary. They had parts of that documentary in this documentary, but it wasn't that documentary we were watching. You know, it kind of becomes that towards the end, kind of, a little bit. But there's so much other stuff in it that just, I don't know. Do I need to really know most of this stuff? Like, I don't know. So, yeah, I mean, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I've I've got got, um, kind of similar thoughts in that. What is the documentary about? I thought the documentary, I thought the main, the biggest, like, if you like, sensational thing that happened was when the French team refused to train at a World Cup training ground. Now, that was the biggest news. That was the biggest headline. That was that was worldwide, I thought, mm. because I remember that and I was thinking, hey, what's going on? But... I didn't know all of these bits and bobs. I didn't know it was mainly an Elka. You get me? This is what like, I didn't know. Because, but, but what I do give him respect is, yeah, if you've got a group of players, yeah, 
you know that the media is playing this part when they back their player. Mm. Says, Look how they vilified him. Mm. But yet the professional footballers playing for their country, this is like either the last time they will play in a World Cup or it could be, it's a chance to win the World Cup. See, this is my and point. And they were prepared to disrupt that for one brother. This is my point. So the part that I'm saying is where he was actually misunderstood because that proves that he was misunderstood because his players around him supported him and were willing to... Even after he'd been sent home. Willing to sacrifice a World Cup for this dude. That shows yeah. me then, as a viewer, he was misunderstood on this issue. So should the whole documentary not have been about this thing? You could have made an hour documentary, bro, or an hour and a half documentary about this World yeah. Cup. You could have easily. I, and in, and in, t- in that time, you show me all of his interactions with France leading up to this World Cup. So it all becomes clear. So it all can make sense. You're like, oh, this has been going on from day one since he left PSG. But they didn't stick to that narrative. What they wanted to do was try and go off on all these different threads of narrative. So that becomes so diluted. So by the time we get to this ending, towards the end of our documentary, which, which the last 20 minutes is pretty much all about what you're describing now, I kind of feel like I've been all over the place. I don't feel like I've gone on one clear narrative to this point where he's now actually misunderstood because this is really the only part of the documentary where he is misunderstood at the end of the day because his friends, his teammates, like you said, backed him. That would never happen if they didn't think that he was a certain type of person that was being portrayed differently in the media. Exactly, exactly. That's my point. Whereas that didn't happen throughout the rest of his career. Who the hell was willing to stand up for him for the rest of his career? They were all like, no, no, he was going on like an idiot. So, so they're not willing to put their put their knock and neck on the line. That was the one time everyone was willing to put their neck on the line because they were like, no, that's not what he said. And that's not who he is. So he's misunderstood. Hence the, hence the title of the documentary. Yes. But it, it feels like... Don't forget, when they said um, <clears throat> what they said, what, what he was accused of saying to the manager at mm-hmm. halftime, mm-hmm. yeah, like, uh, fuck you, you son of a so, bitch. Wait, let's just go back a bit, frame this. So they had a, a training, just, just so people who are listening will understand. In the documentary, or in, in real life, I should say, at the time, they went for training. Um, and during one, after, no, it was during one of the matches, wasn't it, at halftime? Yeah, it was their first international match in the first World Cup for 2000. And, they were playing Mexico. Yeah, was it 2010? South African World Cup? Yeah, so, yes, it was. That's the big thing as well. It was yeah. a South African. It was no, a South African World Cup. First World Cup in Africa. Africa. Yeah. And you know about the French and the Africans. Exactly. So right. it was a big deal. Right. So and it was half time. They hadn't scored. They were playing rubbish, which he already. But don't forget, he already did have a sulk and say he was going to go home already, which was kind of weird. That was a weird thing for me t- to hear him say as a player that I'm going to go home. <laughs> because it's not going right. Like, that, I felt, was weird, right? And I don't know about you. You're a football player, bro. Have you ever felt like you're just going to go home? Like, that just sounded weird to me. Like, he already told Patrick Evera, wasn't it? Was it Evera? I'm yeah. going to go. I'm going home. And they yeah. almost had to convince him again to stay. Yeah, do, you know, do, you know, do, you know, do you know what I, I get from this guy? It's a little pattern. It's the same thing. He's one of these guys, yeah, that, and you knew them as a you, yeah? Mm-hmm. These guys who can't function unless you say, oh, yeah, yeah, it's all right, it's all right, it's all You're right. You're the best. Right. You, they need constant reassurance. Yeah, 
Yeah. Oh, they'd be balling and they'd be now you and then they'll they'll do he's like look what he done, he was packing his bags when Wenger had to sell him. Oh, it's yeah. all right, it's all right. This has been a repeated pattern. He's like he's craving that attention. He wants someone to say to him, No, stay, no, yeah, we need you. And does that not go back to his parents saying I love you? And he wants to go home. I look him in the eye and say, Later. <laughs> but he wants the cuddle. He wants the cuddle. Do you get me? The arm around the shoulder. Needs uh, the reassurance. Yeah, and some, it works for some people. He could have. Do you know what I mean? It works for some people. But for him to say that, oh, he, he, he felt that something was going to happen. Blah 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 blah. So, and, and and I've noticed with him when things are not going his way, that's when his trouble start. When he, like, on the pitch. Mm-hmm. And that game, what, what was happening was... But well, they had three he, terrible games leading up to that game. This was had, the second one. They had the, first of all, they had the qualifying matches that didn't, they didn't play well. So don't forget, they just about yeah. qualified. No, oh my God. The yeah. qualifying games. Yeah. Shit, why did we miss this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They qualified, yeah. When Thierry, your man, Thierry Henry, handballed the ball into accidentally, the country. Accidentally oh, he, guided the ball with his hand, yeah. <laughs> he's done it for his country, bruv. And I don't blame him. He's done it for his country. That The day before that game, him yeah. and the Nelka chatted to each other mm. and they realised that this could be, we lose this game, this is the last time we will play for our country. Yeah. yeah. We must win this game. Yeah. He's done it for his country. And yeah, you know did. what? I wish he never. Mm. I wish he never did that. Because mm. that is the only stain. Oh, yeah. On, on Thierry... Um, on, oh, shit. Thierry Henry's life. Yeah, it is. Right? No. I was surprised when he did it. I remember, yeah. I remember watching yeah. the match. And, and when we saw right. it, we saw it was blatant. But yeah. he did it for his country. And do you know yeah. what his country did? Vilified him. Yeah. Nah. No, we don't do that here. Yeah, mm. but they got into the fucking World Cup. Yeah. See, now, if you would have asked me now that same question you asked me before, if it was would, right, I, would they react yeah. that way if he was a blonde hair, blue eye guy? No, they wouldn't. Not on oh, that yeah. particular occasion. No, they would not have. They would when have even, even... Even Diego Maradona, even against England, he was just hand of God. Hand of God, but you know what I mean? It's true. When a black dude does it, it's something different, bruv. That definitely was a different occasion. But oh, oh, oh. Right, so anyway. yeah, they got through, and then at halftime, well, no, what it was against Mexico, so their second game, second I think game. they drew the first game nil-nil yeah. against some team like Algeria, some team they're supposed to beat. I think it was Uruguay. Was it Uruguay? Yeah. Um, yeah. Could have been Uruguay, but not the Uruguay, the good Uruguay. There okay. was expected... They was expected to beat him. And they they drew nil-nil. No yeah. goals, boring game. And then the second game, they think they played Mexico. Nil-nil again at half-time. Mm-hmm. But Anelka was the sole striker. The manager, you see, I don't even know the name of the French manager, but he, anyway, he was no, basically... The manager of the French team. That yeah. was that, uh, what's his name? Um, Dominique. That's... Well, I can't remember his name now. Raymond Dominique? Yeah. That's it. Anyway, he was basically... like So the whole team's playing bad, or not to their potential. Mm-hmm. So at half-time, the manager just picks out um, Anelka. 
no one else. That's what he said. He just picked him out and said, you're coming too deep. Stay up there. Mm-hmm. And, and Elka's like, uh, nah, uh, you know what I mean? I'm not getting, I'm not going to get the ball, blah, 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 blah. Whatever they had some argument, blah, 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 blah. And then when the, when the uh, second half kicks off, and Elka's not part of the lineup. He's okay, so, so as a sportsman, mm-hmm. is that something you should do? What do you mean? What like, do you mean by something you should do? Who should do? I mean, because I'm assuming it wasn't just that fact that he wasn't part of the lineup. I'm assuming he didn't want to be part of the lineup at that point as well. What, what, from what, what I've what? learned from an Elka the character leading up to this point, I don't think. I'm not saying that this guy, Raymond Dominique, didn't just take him out of the team. But I'm saying, would you not also, as a manager, take this dude out of the team if he's basically telling you that he's not going to do that and you're the manager of the team? Which is what Anelka was actually saying. You're playing a a system. Yeah. And if Anelka's telling you, I'm not going to do that when I go out in the second half. You get out. You're not needed there. This is my point, bro. This is my point. But what Anelka did, yeah... Yeah. He right. I've I've I've, I've felt the I I'm, I'm not ashamed to say I've played in football matches. Yeah, where it's half time. I, I, I'm, I'm either having a shit game or it's just a shit game, mm. and I want I can't. I wish they would come and sub me. I don't even want to play. Do you right? I want to be subbed, bruv, because mm. it's that kind of game. Yeah. Now, and there's been games where. You, you you go in at half time and it's a really tough or shit game or whatever and you know you've got another 45 minutes of that. Sometimes you, your love for football just goes. Like you don't even want to be You'd rather not play. I'm telling you. Mm. Now, with Anelka, he's got this ego thing, I think, about being subbed as well. right? Because whenever he gets subbed, yeah, that's Another yeah. trigger for him to go loops. <laughs> That's you know that um that um West Brom thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. So that, let's go back to that. Do you know what happened there? So he's gone to West Brom. Now he is the not even a superstar. He is the mega star of the the whole team revolves around him. Right? Yes. That's why they yeah. can't even believe he's playing for them. Like yeah. the support, they're, like their ticket sales just zoomed up because the Dalkers playing for us. Yeah. Everyone, everyone, West Bromwich Albion was there. Yeah. Now, what happened? The first game of the season, and Elkers there, the new signing, didn't score. We got to 70 minutes, yeah, and the manager substituted him. 70 minutes into the first game at home mm-hmm. in front of all the new crowd. He's the new boy. Didn't score, right? Got subbed, right? 70 minutes, yeah? Mm-hmm. Now, a normal person, a normal player would think, hmm, okay, I must do better. I must do so well that he can't dare sub me. Mm-hmm. Yeah? And, and as a manager, I would sub Oh, that's what I would do. I would have subbed him mm. to make him think that, like, you're not untouchable, bruv. If you're not performing, I will sub you. Yeah. And that's a good manager, yeah? Mm. What did Anelka do? 
refused to speak to him ever again. Again, that's what I thought was bananas. When he said I ever didn't again. speak to him ever again, I thought ever wow. again until it got to one of those choices where, uh, right? He's because the manager. Then, if you're not going to speak to me, I'm not going to play you in my team. Mm-hmm. I can't. How can I play you if you're not speaking to me? And then, how am I going to tell you anything? Where's the respect? None. So he didn't play him. So then the board, West Bromwich Albion, and the board, the directors and that, they made a decision. It's either Anelka goes or the manager goes. Well, they lost. On top of that, for the, unfortunately for the manager, they lost, mm-hmm. I think, four more games in a row. Yes. And that's what yeah. sealed his fate. Yeah, but come on, right? Okay, so imagine, yeah, you're a football team, yeah? And you're, you're playing in new season and you've got a fucking Nicholson Elka star striker, yeah? Your midfielders are like, yes. The, the geezer that's playing alongside him is like, yes, this is going to be a nice season. We've got the superstars, fast boy, just give it to him. He's got to score. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, after the first game, he's not there anymore. He's not playing. <laughs> How's the team going to feel, bruv? Like, their, their, um, their, their thing for the season is just gone. Yeah. And that's just them. So, so obviously, they, you know, and they weren't a strong team in that league, bruv, West Brom. Mm-hmm. So, who did they play against? All they say, right, is that they lost the next four games. Who did they play? They could have been playing Man United, Chelsea, Liverpool. Who the fuck knows who they were playing? But they just say four games. So anyway, the board, they got rid of the manager because obviously to get rid of the player would have been too costly, bruv. Yeah, they can't throw West Brom. They can't just, no. So they get rid of the manager and then luckily... The new manager comes, first game, he scores, and then he does that. And then that's it. He, what a fool. What a yeah. fucking idiot. And, then, and that's another point, what you were saying. Ah, oh, job done. Yeah. Oh, because was the new manager come, now I've scored. Yeah. And he, and now his job's complete after one goal. That's what I'm saying. It's yeah. like, he feels like he's... And he, he even spoke about it like that. Like, like now he done achieved everything through that one goal. When, when you haven't, it's like... You're just basically opening your account now. And it's all ego. I got subbed. So what? Mm. Mm. How can you sub me? I'm your superstar. Okay. So going back to France now, going back to the World Cup, sorry, South Africa. So he has this argument um, with the manager in the locker room, doesn't get played in the second half. And then the media... uh, says that basically he said some harsh words to the manager involving the manager and his family and all sorts of madness, which wasn't true. And this is where, this is where the misunderstood part of the documentary actually makes sense because yeah. at this point is when the French team and his teammates, so, so to speak, decide to stick up for him and um, make a protest, essentially, and decided that they weren't going to train um, and they weren't going to listen to the manager as well. So it becomes a very big deal. But again, this wasn't... I don't think they went in depth in this part, Rob. Like, I think if this is the documentary, if this is the meat and bones of the documentary, you need more to it. They had a couple of people talk about it, like in terms of external from football. Like They had one lawyer who kind of explained the you know slander law or liability law. They had one person uh, from a journalistic point of view. Yeah, 
You know what I mean? Like, I've just felt like if this was your document, you could have made an hour and a half documentary about this incident. And during the hour and a half, talked about his relationship with the France, the French international team and, and the powers that be that run France. Because, I mean, one of the biggest things that happened was the president of France um, actually made a statement about this. Like, that's how high up this went, is that the president of France, I haven't wrote that down somewhere. Um, what do you say? Uh, and if it was true, what's being reported, see, he picked his word. He said, if it was true, what's being reported is unacceptable. Yes, that's exactly what he after said. After he said that, the next day, they sent him on. Yeah. The next day, and, uh, he was sent home. Yeah. But and that's when the they, French team decided they weren't going to train the next day. What he said and what was reported were two different things. Because Nicholas Nelka went on to say that... Um, he said, what, what he said was, um, the, 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 I think the, the manager subbed him at half time, and, all the, and what he said to him was um, something like, I ain't playing for your shit team, or something yeah. like that. Yeah? Correct, yeah. But what was reported was that he told him to fuck you, and you, you son of a bitch. That's why they said he got his family involved, talking about his mum, as yeah. the son of a bitch. Yeah. So... Now, what happened was, um, there was there was weaknesses there when they were having this argument, and nobody heard that. Yeah. And then what happened was the manager disappeared, like down the runner after the game. Yeah. Which they lost, by the way, two nil mm-hmm. to Mexico. After that, he was nowhere to be found because they wanted. That journalists were looking for him. They wanted mm. to find out, like, well, what was this bust up? What happened? What was said? Mm. They couldn't find the manager nowhere, and he did not, um, like, say that that was not what was said because the next day it was all in the papers. Yeah, and for eight years he didn't say that's what was said. Exactly, eight years, and yeah. this is what I'm saying. So for the, those eight years afterwards, it's kind of like I said, that's still part of the same story. I want to see how did that impact Anelka's life eight years after that. Because this is the documentary for me. That is the part of the film. Because that would have had an impact on who he gets signed by from that point onwards, how he's but treated. Didn't he, didn't he retire soon after that? No, nah, bro. I'm pretty sure he didn't. Uh, after that, he went on to... that happen? Because I know he retired, like, early 30s, 31. So, 2010. Um, um, so, let's see. So, that happened in 2010. And he then, bruv, is playing for Chelsea. He doesn't quit playing for Chelsea till 2012. He wins the Champions League with Chelsea. No, he doesn't. Not Sorry, not Champions League, Premier League, sorry, with Chelsea. Yeah, because he, he, he missed a penalty. <laughs> right. for Chelsea. Yeah, yeah, that's why they didn't win the Champions League. You missed that penalty. Um, right, now... Imagine what his ego would have been like if he'd have scored that and that was the winning goal. Oh well, that hurt God. him. He did say that that hurt him like crazy. Good, good, good. good. He, needs, he needs to hurt. Good. He definitely, good. That, that, that definitely hurt him like crazy good. not scoring that penalty. Um, then he goes on to play for Shanghai and then, um, then he goes to play for Juventus on loan and then that's when he gets to West Bromwich Albion. So this is what I'm saying. So the order of this is all really weird because... The, the French thing, uh, the international 2010 thing, that's a good three to four years before 
the the incident at West Bromwich. And then it's only one year after that he plays for Mumbai, which is where he, he finishes his career. Um, but yeah, just again, because of the way they presented this information and the way the documentary was laid out, I just felt like that was the document. I reckon if someone could take these pieces and edit it and actually go and get a few more different interviews about that situation, you'd have a much better documentary. I just think they tried... Or they should have done it the next the way Netflix usually does a documentary, which couple is of, of a few different form. episodes. It felt like yeah. it should have been a few different episodes, um, but it's almost like they didn't have enough material. Because I mean, there's huge parts of this that I've edited out. Because, like I said, I mean, the PSG moment edited out. You don't they don't even talk about Bolton Wanderers once, and he scored yeah. 21 goals at Bolton. You know what I mean? Like again, another club where he scored. A fair amount of goals. The only two, I mean, the three highest clubs that he scored the most goals at were Man City, uh, Chelsea, and and Arsenal. Twenty three, but then Bolton's right behind Arsenal. He scored. He scored. He played less games at Bolton and scored one goal, two goals less than what he scored at Arsenal. So they don't even cover his time at Bolton, even for a second on the documentaries. So it's a, it's a weird way of doing it in a sense of trying to tell a story or, or stick to a certain narrative. And I think that's what made the documentary just disjointed in a way, because it was almost like... Yeah, they, yeah that's a they, good word, just disjointed for a yeah. bit. They um, tried to give him too much time to talk about things that I thought were kind of unnecessary. And yeah. I would have actually liked to hear... Like, what you say, I didn't want to hear his wife speak. Why, why am I hearing his wife speak? <laughs> no, no, what... No, <laughs> and I think they, I think we needed to hear more criticism because I think it was leaned too much towards him being able to say, "Well, I didn't want to do that, and I didn't have to do that, and that was it." It was almost like, "Okay, so you're saying that was a good thing," as opposed to someone professional coming on saying, as, "Like, like you're saying today, constructively, as a manager, I wouldn't play that kind of player." You know, like you, you needed more of that in a sense, mm-hmm. through the documentary, to balance it out a bit. So you, you didn't get this sense of... Yeah, it was very, very sympathetic. Yeah, all the, yeah, it was almost very too sympathetic towards everything he'd done and, and trying to convince you that somehow he had a reason for doing all the things that he did and he was in some way justified and right for doing all the things he did. I felt that he stood up for himself in the last incident with the, front, the French team and, and the yeah. 2000, that's what I'm saying. That to me is the only thing that's misunderstood yeah. about this whole thing. The rest of it, I understood quite clearly why he had to leave. Like, like, like I understood quite clearly why he had those problems. You know what? There will never be another player like Nicolas Selelka. You don't reckon? Never. But you know why? Go because on. now he's like a type, yeah? Right? That's a type. Now, when when the, all these youths are coming through um, the the academies and all of that, yeah, and they recognise a, a, a trait, a little trait of an Elka in a player, he's got the finish because he's recognised that he was the first one. Yeah, he was the first one. That's why he got away with so much shit. They didn't know what to do with him, bro. Mm. But now he ain't even gonna get that far. Someone yeah. with his attitude and the way he is. He ain't even going to get that far again. Not yeah. in today's football. No. And there's, there's so many talented players, bro. This yeah, is the there's so many. They, they get rid of that. There's the next one to fill the boots. 
And there's too much money as well. They can't afford players to be just flitting in and out of clubs like that. Do you know how much money clubs lose, bro? Mm. Yeah, of course. They don't want them to transfer. I mean, he, he made, what, two of the big... And not even to mention how much he signed for, for Shanghai at the time. He signed for Shanghai for... What was it? I wrote it down somewhere. But all I know is it was a hell of a lot of millions. this amount of money. And do you know, like... um. It's really harsh to say, and I, I don't like to say it because his annual salary at Shanghai was twelve million. He was getting that paid a million, twelve million a year, so a million a pound a month, just quarter of a million a week. Yeah, yeah and that was at Shanghai. Shanghai, and no one's even watching it. Exactly. So, you know, I have no. Um, you know what I would say? Like, like um, I think Arsene Wenger at the end was said that. Um, or that he was asked a question, something to do with, do you think that if uh, Nicholas Anelka was handled a certain way or made different decisions, was there more potential there? Based something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Arsenal was like, like, oh, God, yes. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, God, yes. Yeah. Now, what I would and so some people would say, ah, he's a, ta- he's a wasted talent mm. kind of thing. Yeah, I would never say that, right? Because as far as I can see, yeah, he's like, he's successful. He might Mm. not have done it the way most people would have done it, Mm. but he'd done it his way. Mm. So I respect him for that. He'd done it his way. And he didn't take the easy way. No. He he took the naive way, I think. Mm. Some, Some of his stuff was naive. Some of it was stubborn. Some of it was immature. But he'd done it his way. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So, and if you look at him now, he's uh, successful. Sorry, I'm getting these. these I'm in some. Uh, anyway, I'm not in my yard. Do you notice that, innit? <laughs> Where are you, bro? <laughs> you know, I told you I had to see that beautiful. <laughs> I was still there, bro. <laughs> You're a joker. I mean, the countryside, there's all these, um, I don't know, mosquitoes or whatever. Okay. Anyway, yeah, so what was I saying? Yeah, so he he chose to do it the hard way. Well, he made it hard for himself, I'd say. He mm. might not have chose that path, but his actions and his um, <clears throat> attitude yeah. took him down that hard route. Mm. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. And I think he could have played yeah. it differently. I think... You know, like I said earlier to, in, in in our talk, is if you look at someone like Omri, right, for example, and just kind of compare how sh- many teams Omri played for, which was what, one, two, three, four, five, yeah, and then back to Arsenal for a few games. Um, you know, he his career was completely different and achieved everything he needed to achieve. You know, he won World Cups, he won Champions Leagues, he won League Cups, you know, Premier Leagues or whatever he needed to do. He won everything he needed to win and scored a ton more goals. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would, listen, I would have rather have Henri's career than... Any day of the week, any day of the week. I mean, total goals, just, just to end it there, total goals... And Elka played for all those teams and he's, he had 508 appearances and only scored 157 goals. 
right? And Henri had five hundred. Henri only had five hundred eighty-one, so only a little bit more, but scored two hundred eighty-four goals. Double over double. Yeah, it's crazy. It's it yeah. shows you that you know it's it's just a different a different league, bro. And then when you come to international. Uh, Anelka had 69 appearances for France, 14 goals. And Henri had 123 appearances, 51 goals. That's a nice average, you know? It's, yeah, it's international. a career. And, and, and he's known completely differently. You know, his commercial success surpasses Anelka's by miles. And they both started in the same place. They both started at the exact same place, almost at the exact same time almost had the exact same trajectory in terms of going to Arsenal, you know. Because you could argue, if Anelka had ever stayed at Arsenal, who knows? I mean, maybe Henri could have been that person to to guide him a bit more in a different Don't way. Talk about Henri. Listen, if Patrick <laughs> Vieira could have guided him, Henri couldn't guide him, bro. You know, but Patrick is big brother, man. Come on. Come on. <laughs> he was scared of Patrick. He, he's a robot. Yeah, yeah. No, it's true. Yeah. It's true. He had, he had, he had um, Emmanuel Petit. He had all these French brothers around him. So don't, you know. Yeah. Bro, listen, I've got to go, bro. It's like half one, bro. It's See been you. good. It's been good. Thank it's you very good, much. And, um, yeah, we'll carry on, bro. Definitely. Let's hope the other, these other dudes see this and like say, oh, I wish I was there. <laughs> listen, I'll see you later, bro. I'm going to go to bed, mate. Yeah, me too. Me too. I'll see you later. Right. We'll kick this up. Peace. Peace. Peace.